and welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. We are gathered here today to talk about the two movies, Face Off and uh, re- Returning Champion, <laughs> The Wicker Man. Uh, so just like usual, I'm Jess. I'm Mike. My name is Taylor. And up on the boards, we got Dave. What? And uh, today we also have some special guests from a very uh, similar podcast to ours. Joe Rogan. You might, and... you might say exactly the same podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, uh, a, a podcast that actually happens to have the exact same premise as ours. Um <laughs> And uh, if you two want to introduce yourselves, you guys can go ahead. Oh, hi. I'm Ashley. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Generally Done. I know you guys didn't plug yourselves, but I plug myself, so whatever. Take hey, every opportunity. Plug yourself. Yeah, every few minutes if you need to. I, I honestly don't mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We literally plug our Patreon once every, like, four episodes, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, my name's Logan. And I, uh, y'all. I'll plug my Twitter later. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Ooh, he's withholding. I like <laughs> okay. it. Um, y'all host a podcast called Cage Off. Um, yes. The, the non-Swedish one. Right? The non-Swedish one. Yeah, the non-Swedish Correct. one. The good one. Yeah, I'm definitely American. It's basically, okay, um, you know, it's the same premise. We take two Nicolas Cage movies and we compare them. And, you know, it's dedicated to finding out which Nicolas Cage movie is the best Nicolas Cage movie. Yes. So. Mm. We weren't sophisticated enough to do an actual like seated bracket like you guys do. Oh, okay. We put them all. We put them all in a spreadsheet and just randomized it. <laughs> oh, nice. I but, wanted to do a seated uh, bracket, but he didn't want to let me. This is really what happened. That's not well, what um, happened. Well, see, what I we found said, is that the whatever. seating actually means nothing really. Uh, it literally means it was, nothing. I we've, mean, initially, we've seated, seen movies that are like fifth seed, and then they lose to the sixty fourth seed because the fifth seed was like full of child <laughs> rape in it. Right. So uh, the the oh, wow. movies were originally seeded via their Rotten Tomatoes rankings, and then all that went out the window because there was a bunch of matchups that were really shitty, <laughs> and I was like, uh, these two movies should not be watched in unison. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, who knows what the original seedings were? Um, Have it's you all seen Pay the Ghost? Pay the Ghost was number one. That's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> number one seed. That checks out. Along with We've Left had Behind. some really bad matchups, though, so... Uh, like some ones that I, I really wish that I hadn't had to watch ever in my life. I do enjoy the randomized bracket that we have, though, I have to say. Oh, yeah. And I, I will say it sounds That's, very... That might just be me. What do y'all think of Zandali? <laughs> like that one? Oh. I don't think they've seen Zandali oh, yet. No, yeah. I've not seen Zandali yet. Uh, you can skip that one. Yeah, <laughs> ma- massive trigger warning for sexual assault on that movie. <laughs> and if you, I think uh, that one... I don't remember what that's going up against. It's like... Lord of War. Give me I think, like two minutes. And I'll oh, it's okay. If it's okay, that would be the episode of Lord of War one. You fucking bitch. <laughs> hey, yes, you asshole. <laughs> Look, Snowden was just, in my opinion, uh, more fun. Okay, did I get to vote Even on that one? I actually kind of like Snowden. But Snowden yes, wasn't a Nicolas Cage movie, and we no, all know it. You know what? I agree, Jess. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it, Jess? See, it maybe makes sense, but I voted on my enjoyment. If, if Snowden you know went up against Lord of War, you'd have to be pretty batshit to pick Snowden, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you have to be kind of wrong to pick that movie? There's not even any Buffalo Springfield in it. Yeah. Nick Cage's in it for three minutes. Jess. Okay. What about Left Behind? Y'all like Left Behind? (laughs) (laughs) 
not watch that one either. Rage. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. one truly d- just skip. That's the worst movie I've ever seen in Ooh. my life. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna shut the fuck up and get back to hit button. <laughs> Um, yeah, ooh, Left Behind versus Rage. That's a, that's oh, that. a doozy. That's a, that's a doozy. Those are both two of our favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the movie that inspired uh, the band Rage Against the Machine to form and become musicians. Oh, really? Uh, even, though, interesting. even though she came out like that 2016. That explains the radical right ideas yeah they're they're very radical they're radical far right song that uh i love the police yeah Yeah. um we all love that and their song vigilanteism is good actually they're so violent one of their their tracks is a bomb track (laughs) so (laughs) more like a pipe uh, bomb track so we're talking about face off and wicker man yes yes uh (laughs) speaking of terrorism so I guess we can just start getting into things right now. And our first movie we're going to talk about is Face Off. And what a matchup this is. Yeah. Two two Cage certified classics. Yeah, two titans of Seriously. Cage. One, uh, the meme champion, king of the memes, I guess. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is unfortunate when you're trying to find uh, good Amazon reviews uh, and everybody's just like, the bees. <laughs> or how did it get burnt? These are both fairly uh, meme I agree. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of faces in Face Off that are uh, just excellent for like still memes. Very German expressionist face there, and you can very clearly (laughs) tell the influence on Nick Cage. That's a no, no shit. He's very German expressionist inspired actor. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was saying that he actually. I remember whenever we were doing research for for uh, Face Off initially, uh, he had talked about his role in Vampire's Kiss. And he said that he had taken that uh, role, which was inspired by German expressionism, and he had used that to develop his role of Caster Troy, which, of course, you know, is like also the basis of John Travolta's role as Caster Troy as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I was just rewatching that earlier this evening. It's like that. I think Vanity Fair do do those videos where it's like an actor yep. goes through their like yeah. iconic roles. I, I think it's GQ. Yeah, it's Vanity one of the yeah, it's GQ. They, I think Vanity Fair does a similar thing. Um, but yeah, he talks a lot about that's just like a fantastic series of videos. I just like watch. I could like binge those. It's like so interesting to oh, me. Absolutely, totally agree with that. They're great videos. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw that interview too, and he talks about uh, Moonstruck a little bit on there too. He does. Which I remember. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Face Off. This movie came out in 1997, uh, rated R. Directed by John Woo and uh, written by Mike Werb and uh, Michael Cagliari. Attack of the Mike's bitch. (laughs) Mike's in good company this episode. Hell yeah. Uh, This was produced by Paramount, Touchstone and Permit with a runtime of 133 minutes and a budget of 80 million dollars. Now, I think our guests have already covered this on their podcast and know what the box office gross is like, whether this is in the red or in the black. But uh, do either of you two want to take a stab at it? Yes, I am going to guess that the budget was 330 million. You mean the gross? Angry. Or yes, the gross. Uh, 330 million angry patriots crying for the blood of freedom or whatever. They do. Oh, OK. But yes, I'm going to say 330 million dollars. Um, and I'll say I didn't. I mean, I didn't think this movie was that gross at all. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's in the in the black. Um, nice. I what number can I put on it? Uh, 1997. I'm gonna say 50 million. 
50 million. Okay. So you're uh, was the, right. budget, the budget was 80. <laughs> okay. So if the budget was 30 million, then I would have said 50 million. Okay. But since the budget is. So you think that the budget is 60% of the gross or something? Is this what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> you do some quick yeah. math here. Yeah. I just, uh, I reversed the ratio. So I'm going to say uh, 107. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, do our guest, do you want to take a crack at it? Or. Uh, I don't remember specifically. I think it's between, it's in like the one. Like 140, 150 range, I think. I mean, that might be totally I'm going to say 187. It's okay. in that, yeah, that kind Locking of range. it in at 187. Oh, wow. All right. Um, well, I think Ashley was closest without going over, so she wins the dryer. It's uh, wow. $245 million. <laughs> oh, it's a bigger hit than I uh, <laughs> even thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah! Well, see, uh, John Woo uh, hadn't made uh, the disappointing Mission Impossible sequel yet, and so... People were still going to see his movies. He also uh, didn't make Wind Talkers yet either. The yeah. best, those best are the, Cage movie. He, those are the he two made. movies that follow this one, uh, back <laughs> to back: yes. Mission Impossible Two and Wind Talkers. Real. And then he got the fuck out of Hollywood cinema. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. That was our first episode, wasn't it, Logan? Yeah, our first episode was not random. We just wanted to do both John Woo Nick Cage movies, so we oh, did so Face Off versus oh, nice. Wind Talkers. That movie uh, isn't good. <laughs> yeah, it's got did, problems. Uh, not at all. Did you call that episode Meet the Woo 2? Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Uh, and can we get a... Shut up. <laughs> get a do on there, yeah. But yeah, uh, for reviews on this one, Rotten Tomatoes, this got a 92% from the critics Holy and shit. an 82% from audiences. So uh, somehow audiences like this less than critics did, which is not what I would expect for... Yeah, not at all. Like yeah, this is not a very... Yeah. Okay. This isn't a very like hyper-intelligent critical film. Like, Yeah. It's it's a fucking this is it's a super dumb action movie. This is a hundred percent what I want out of an action movie. Oh yeah, for it's three hundred percent complete nonsense. I mean, complete nonsense. It makes no it's sense. It's the tenet of its time. Complete nonsense. Uh, but there's sexy faces in it, and so I'm in. Yeah, and the critics somehow yeah. like this more than audiences is is but wild to me. Before joining this uh, this call. I, just to piss myself off, I guess I watched the Cinema Sins video for this movie. Oh God, <laughs> rough. Fuck that loser. Just uh, oh. oh my God. But uh, so that's all I have for like the basic stuff. Mike, do you got a little bit of like trivia? Uh, I got some trivia for you. Um, so the well, the writers of this movie. Um, have also worked together on uh, a movie called Unnatural History and, more importantly, the first Tomb Raider movie. Oh. Uh, so if you've seen that, you've uh, seen their work. The first guy, Mike Werb, also was a writer on The Mask, uh, which is the greatest movie ever made besides Face Off. <laughs> um, it also involves ripping off faces. <laughs> that's oh. true. Uh, so this movie was nominated uh, for the Oscar for Best Effects, but lost to the Titanic, um, which I don't think there's even any effects in there. I'm pretty sure they actually sunk a boat. They literally there. sunk a whole ass boat. Um, if that counts as effects, I guess, then more power to them. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was effects. I would say it was a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. I think they also killed roughly 1,500 people for that movie, right? Yeah. Um, okay. They signed away their lives to James Cameron. Um and that's why he goes to like visit their corpses in his little submarine all the time. Um, that makes sense, yeah. So uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play each other. 
um, <laughs> and decided on specific gestures and vocal cadences for each other that could be mimicked. And actually, uh, John Travolta wasn't willing to do it, but Nicolas Cage went the extra mile and actually uh, switched bodies with another actor um, to see uh, what it would be like. Um, Nick Cage is very much as a method actor like that. He'll try yeah. anything for a role. Um, so that's yet another thing he's done crazy for the role, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, let's well, so, Freaky Friday body swap. Yeah, let's see here. What he's learned how to ride a horse. He's learned to drive like like race cars. Yeah, race race cars. He literally ripped out a couple of his teeth for a movie. He learned Navajo. He learned Navajo. Uh, and uh, he switched bodies with, uh, let's see, Tom Arnold. I don't know. That's just the first name that came to mind. Um, <laughs> well, it's Nicolas Cage. Why not? Exactly. Uh, and for uh, anyone who is curious, the first real life face transplant was accomplished in 2012 on Richard Norris, who accidentally shot himself in the face the year this movie was released. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, so uh, roughly 17 he... years with no face. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then he now he looks like John Travolta and is in the movie The Phonetic. Um, <laughs> oh. So uh, oh, the fanatic. There was, there's a lot of people uh, in talks to star uh, in this movie. The the main two were Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, which would have been incredible. I, I don't imagine that being a very good movie. There's just something about that that I don't think that would work very well. I mean, I think it would have been fun, but uh, I don't know. I like this movie as it is. I like it as it is, too. I wouldn't change it. But I, uh, no, if I could either. change it, I would put... Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in it for sure. Um, if or you had to. Steven Seagal. Uh, no, Steven Seagal as Caster Troy's brother. Um, yeah, that, that, would, that would actually, I'd be fine with that. A, a fun exercise to do, like a mental exercise, is to try to cast like a modern face off. Like what two actors would you swap like today? Ooh, that's. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have a good answer. But I think Michael Fassbender a... has to be one of them for some reason. Hmm. Um, hear me out. James Franco. And Dave Franco. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, wouldn't they be better for like Castor and Pollux Troy? No. Than... Shut up. No. <laughs> no. Jonah Hill's Pollux Troy. <laughs> oh, yes. Perfect. Um, uh, so uh, Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas were another pair. Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Uh, oh. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, which makes no sense for okay, this movie. Yeah, Michael Douglas and Alec Baldwin, that's the one I have the most umbrage with. That would be fucking awful. Um, and actually, no, this would be the best one. Uh, JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Steven Seagal. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's the best one. That's um, the best also, one. Mark Wahlberg turned down the role of Pollux Troy. I think he was busy oh. uh, stopping 9-11 and doing hate <laughs> crimes. <laughs> doing hate crimes, yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, the filming for this movie took place on many days, but one of them was Nicolas Cage's birthday. Uh, and uh, John Woo apparently worked up Nicolas Cage uh, as if he was getting him hyped for the uh, the scene that was about to take place. But instead of a scene, it was actually a birthday cake for Nicolas Cage. And uh, oh, nice. afterwards, uh, Cage asked Wu not to do that again. <laughs> um <laughs> You got two in the um, zone. I don't, oh, sorry. I don't know. You, you can cut this if it because it's time specific, but we are recording this on Nicolas Cage's birthday. Oh, shit. Is it really? Wait, seriously? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh. I didn't even birthday. realize I did that. not realize that. Oh, shit. I'm a shitty podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we You're did. You're a real fan. We, we <laughs> did film, fan. Uh, we did film a Fred here. Durst segment on Fred Durst's birthday last time. That's true. Uh... So we we are going to cut Logan saying that, and we're just going to put in me saying it. Um, 
That's fair. That's fine. It's over. We're recording this on Nicolas Cage's birthday, um, and I'm informing everybody of this now. Um, let's see. Uh, I, uh, this, I got a lot of trivia that's uh, seeming boring uh, now, but this one's great. The magnetic boots the prisoners wear in Erewhon Prison are the same boots worn by the Goombas in Super Mario Bros. 1993. What? Oh, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. That rocks. Um, Jess, I feel like if anybody caught this, it would be you or I guess me, but I didn't. So uh, uh, when they're attacking the guards at the prison, uh, somebody dodges behind an InGen box, what? a box with an InGen logo on it. What? I did uh, not see that. I no. didn't see that either. I literally so, just got done watching all five Jurassic Park movies for the first time. This is in the Jurassic right. Park universe. Confirmed. Oh my God. Hell yes. I just watched Fallen Kingdom like two days before I watched this movie. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, terrible movie. Oh, it's awful. It's, <laughs> it's an awful, awful film. Oh, man. You guys are going to hate me, but the only Jurassic Park movie I've seen is Jurassic World. Ooh. Jurassic oh. World's fine. <sighs> but see, it's all up from there. I mean, well. It's my second favorite Jurassic Park movie. Uh, Did you guys hear how done with my Shogun was just then? Yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> A Jurassic, I mean, the original uh, Jurassic Park is by far the best, but it's the do... only one really worth watching. But oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, the rest I, are, I, um, I disagree couple... with that pretty vehemently. Oh, uh, well, I, like, I mean, a couple uh, of them are like kind of fun, but the first yeah. one is the only like good movie. I would say the only yeah, one I actively hated was Fallen Kingdom. Other than that, I like I enjoy the rest. That's the only one I haven't seen. I'm not big into the Jurassic World movies, but the original Jurassic Park trilogy just holds a special place in my heart from my childhood. Yeah. Oh, me so. too. <laughs> I, I fuck with uh, two and three. Yeah, yeah I fuck too. with two real heavy, but three, yeah. three two, is okay. You know, two I, gets well. Two I, gets I an unnecessarily to... bad rap. Mm-hmm. Three, I think uh, a lot of people don't like it, and that's fair. But I do like it. And having rewatched three recently, it's not. It wasn't nearly as good as I remember it being. Granted, three is still a very enjoyable, but it's it's not nearly as scary as I remember it being when I was. Isn't it also like a hunt, like an hour and ten minutes long? It or is an hour like and three. Is the only Jurassic <laughs> Park like, movie that's under two hours long. It is ninety-two minutes. Wait, uh, three? I like that. Yes. I like a movie. Yeah, you know, see, I, like I like that too, and I also like it's the most simple. There's there's like no bounty. There's no like super big stakes. It's just a rescue mission that goes to shit. Oh, yeah. face-off connection. Yeah, uh, Pollock stories in that movie. Oh yes, he oh, is. I uh, so I was watching yes. this with my girlfriend, Bring it. and I was, uh, brag. I have a, a lover, um, <laughs> wow. and uh, I was like, "Where the fuck do I recognize this guy from?" And I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff that I've seen, but I'm pretty sure I was picturing him getting attacked by a pterodactyl. Uh, oh yeah, and stealing eggs. Oh, yeah. that was uh, uh, Dr. Grant's assistant. Yes, yeah, Billy or something. Billy. Shit, that was. Uh, that um, fuck, this is crazy. Like we literally are talking about Jurassic Park, and then two days later, I watch fucking Face Off, and all these connections are. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else do I have here? Uh, in early drafts of the script, uh, Archer went to Caster's mother's place to hide out, and the writers wanted the mother to be played by Elizabeth Taylor or Jack Nicholson in drag. What? Uh, what? I'm sorry. Could you repeat Pardon that? Me? Yeah. Could you repeat that one more time? There originally was a scene where. <laughs> Caster Troy, well, John Travolta in the body of Caster Troy, goes to Caster's mother's house, uh, who was supposed to be played by Jack Nicholson in drag. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. okay. That's, that's, is ever like, I want Jack Nicholson in my movie, but I want him in drag. Who, right. who just um, comes to that conclusion? That's, that's probably the weirdest trivia fact I've heard in a long goddamn time for the show. 
That uh, is a strange trivia fact, but I, I, it connects with some themes that I drew into this film. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say that's probably the weirdest fact on the show, uh, except for the Max Bemis on the cover of Raising Arizona. Like, that's the weirdest fact of all time to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, but I think it would have been really cool if, like, Caster Troy goes to visit uh, his mother and his mom's like, you want to know how I got these scars, Caster? <laughs> um what else? What else? Uh, so this movie was released in June 1997, the same month that Con Air came out. They were <laughs> oh, filmed yes. back to back. And look, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to say that those are the my two favorite movies in the bracket. But I do think that they're two strong contenders. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So that's the, he a was wild in run. his zone, apparently. Yeah, yeah. He's in his zone. Um, in one movie, he just needed the mullet and the other, he needed his golden guns. Exactly. Uh, Nicholas Cage didn't want to play the villain, uh, in this movie, but then when he found out that he was actually going to be playing the hero, technically he was in apparently. Um, and, uh, so the, the last bi uh, bit of trivia I have is that the boat chase at the end of the film was originally intended for the John Woo film, Hard Target, starring, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh. And that's it. I legit thought you were going to say hard-boiled, and I'm like, hard-boiled came out way before this movie. <laughs> hard-boiled, hard target, and hard wind talkers. The, the trilogy. <laughs> the hard trilogy. Oh, uh, well, I guess with that, we can move on to like a, a plot summary. So normally I would refer to the characters by, by the actors that are playing them, but... Uh, that's, that's so, going to be a little difficult. Here, here's the delineation I had. So, of course, there's John Travolta and Nick Cage. Yeah. When they switch bodies, I call them John Cage and Nick Travolta. Okay. But which is which? So, John Cage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, John Cage is Caster Troy in the body of John Travolta. That's just a, that's just a lot. Where, it is, <laughs> yeah. but I, that's how I put it in my notes. In my notes, what I did, I said Travolta Troy. Troy Volta and, is what I put. Yeah. Uh, Cage Archer. Because yes. we were, we were having this difficulty when we did our episode about face off about how to like refer to them. Yeah, and I, I like I said, um, I just put it as John Cage think, and Nick Travolta. Wait, whatever Cage, works for you. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll work through it. I think I got it down in my notes a little bit here, but uh, uh, I refer to them as the one who wants to bang Archer's wife, but not his daughter, and then the one that wants to bang his wife and his daughter. Oh, <laughs> that's good delineation. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this opens with a, a flashback scene in which a, a mustachioed uh, Nicolas Cage, who is playing Caster Troy, uh, shoots Sean Archer, being played by John Travolta. So yes, audience at home, the first two minutes of this movie literally features the death of a, a violent death of a child. Yes. Just to let you know. Right off the bat. Getting off to a good start here. That's how I knew I was going to love this shit. Well, and actually, not spoiler. Oh, but the big and... gulp in his hand is my favorite part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fucking, he's just Nicholas slurping Cage, on that thing. Laying there with a sniper rifle, looks through the scope, and then leans over to take a drink out of his big gulp. <laughs> fucking iconic. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys if you guys could break a disagreement that Logan and I had on our podcast. Okay. Is this a park or is this a carnival? Because it has a, uh, What's it called? A merry-go-round? Has a merry-go-round. Merry and oh. parks don't have merry-go-rounds. But it, yeah, it right? looks like a park. But so, an, so the carnival-style merry-go-round. My my hometown a had park. an amusement park literally right next to like a like a public park. So I think it could be both. Hmm. Like hmm. literally, you see a carnival ride, and then like ten feet away, there's like like swing sets and, and shit. 
Interesting. So I think it's both. I don't know. It I, or it could be a traveling like fair. Could know? be. Well, like it's a it's a church festival and they set up in a park. I don't yeah. know. It, <laughs> well, it could. Nicholas Cage. Why not? Well, as we all know that Nicholas Cage in this movie is a man of God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They should have called him Pastor Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go with this being a a carnival first and foremost because I feel that when you put a carousel into a place, it just kind of default becomes a carnival. Yeah, that's um, true. I feel I'm, like I'm with you exactly. Maybe exactly. Caster Troy like constructed a carnival to lure uh, Archer and his son, uh, uh, and then. Uh, he was like, I'll kill one of them. <laughs> so that's the thing, Jess. So in anywhere the carousel, you said, becomes a carnival? Yes. So what would you call the carousel at House on the Rock then? I I don't know. I haven't been even. You should. You should be an actual Wisconsinite and show up to Wisconsin <laughs> shit, dude. Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, Thanks, Connie. So the, <laughs> the Blink-182 song, Carousel, does that make the album a, a, par- a park? Or a, I don't know. Yeah, that's a carnival. <laughs> Anyways. Well, it's Nicholas Cage. Well, I mean, to be fair, modern day Blink-182 is a pretty clown shoes ass band, so. <laughs> oh, damn. Shots uh, fired. Taylor was the pilot of uh, Travis Barker's plane that went down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I almost killed DJ AM, so. Anyways, okay. Now we cut to the present day of 1997, which is the year that it is currently. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, let me tell you, uh, Will Smith, he's the best rapper around. Oh, yeah. So uh, Archer is now on an anti-terrorism team. Uh, I, he probably was in the past, but uh, now we see he's like the head of a team there trying to figure out what Troy is doing and where he is to capture him. At the same time, we also see that Caster Troy is uh, loading up a church with explosives while dressed as a priest. No, that, that was at the L.A. Convention Center. Oh, yeah, like it was the L.A. Convention Center that they on. had a religious service there. Um, and he's a headbanging priest who loves just grabbing girls' asses. Yeah, that part was odd, but uh, but, but yeah, other than kind the, of odd. Other than the ass-grabbing, uh, uh, this movie is like fucking going a mile a minute at this point. Oh, Which yeah. I do have a problem with that scene because first off, Nick Cage is playing a priest and he's clearly grabbing a grown woman's ass. Priests don't do that shit. They okay. do it to children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. She looks uh, – not like an adult. She could be towing the line. She could be towing. It's it's either way though. Well, it's he's not... not really a priest. So. <laughs> okay, that's true. Yeah, he's he's All like you know off, what? Really, yeah, he's like you know what? I'm, and to be well, never mind. We'll get into that part later. But <laughs> well, something I noticed about the church is that there's a sign outside, which Logan told me that I pointed this out because I'm in law school, but whatever. But oh. there's an ABA convention happening, just like conveniently happening a week from then or whatever, and that's what they're talking about when they say, "Oh, important people will be there." It's the ABA conference. It's on the thing. And, the and for those Bar who don't know, the ABA is uh, the band that did Dancing Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just missing one of their members. Uh, yeah, I did see that sign that said uh, the American Bar Association was going to be there. Um, so then we see after that scene at the, the convention center uh, that Caster Troy is meeting with uh, his brother, Pollux Troy, at the airport. And it is there that Archer's team begin to chase him down in his private jet before it can take off. And uh, after the ensuing shootout, 
Troy is captured, but he tells Archer as he's being captured that there's a bomb about to blow up somewhere, but not where. So you're not even going to you're not even going to mention the uh I could eat a peach for hours. Oh god. Oh god. No, yes. I just wanted to yeah. I wanted to And also his that, outfit walking is, walking up to the plane there's is a like lot the most to talk iconic. About. So is is it just <laughs> oh, yeah. me or is this the first movie where an act, like a character prominently talks about how much he eats ass? <laughs> <laughs> also, this has got to be uh, you were talking about the outfit, like when he's getting on the plane, right? Or- yeah, he's wearing like a like a long leather duster, like a red yeah. leather duster with like sun- these douchey ass sunglasses, yes. and he like walks up and they open up the like, box. Dung, 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 dung. That that outfit <laughs> so is good. like top five for me. Like, it, oh yeah, he <laughs> looked so fucking baller. And then and he's got the gold guns too. Yeah, oh, just too, mm-hmm. like personally engraved too. It looked like this is the serious cage drip. There are not yes. a lot of times where he's uh, dressed this yeah, fancy. Yeah, he, he looks paint, like the so. '90s version of the uh, fucking Travis touchdown from the game No More Heroes a little bit. <laughs> he he's not at his hottest, but he's at his flyest. Yes, for sure. Yes. He's pretty fly for a white guy. Yeah, this yeah. Whole... I would say like early early '90s, late '80s. Cage is hottest. Cage. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, but the flyest cage, of course, is 90s, early 2000s cage. We we have we as a show, I think, can unanimously agree that the hottest Nick Cage ever was probably from Red Rock West, right? Red Rock West. Yeah. No, he's he's really hot in Birdie. Did you see him lifting those weights? Oh, that's true. And you know what? We, we Birdie, also yeah. agreed on the show that Birdie is the best Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Look, I it was the, the sole person we, who we voted actually for that, legit stand Birdie. So. Oh no, I voted for Birdie too. <laughs> you did, but then you switched immediately over to next. Yes, just so I could piss you off. Yes, uh, although I did like Birdie. Listen, more, I'll but. take Buff Nick Cage, tarred and feathered any day. Oh yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yes. I don't blame you for that. I mean, in, um, in that scenario, he's literally hot because tar is very hot. For mm. me, I just wish uh, Matthew Modine would hang a little more dong. Yeah, me too. Mm. Also, I got to mention this whole action scene is freaking awesome. It involves like John Travolta landing oh. a helicopter under the yeah. wing of an airplane as it's I, taking it's off. It's so like, fucking I really, good. I really wanted to say it's like the most bonkers opening action scene and maybe all of cinema. It's pretty nuts. And it's I love it so much. This yeah. is the action scene that launched our podcast career, um, oh, actually, because it was opening and I was like, Okay, I'm in love with this movie. This is the first Nicolas Cage movie we watched together. And you so know, yeah. this the, is the scene. That's the that thing is that, is that John Woo, even back in like Hong Kong days, was like an out like an auteur of fucking like wild ass action scenes. I've mm-hmm. never seen any of his Hong Kong movies and I really I, need to. I would recommend Hard Boiled is probably my favorite. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. Um, that, um, but yeah, that, even movie has, we, that movie has probably dropped more bullets than have exist than, than has existed in any war. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much. So Did much you get that action. stat from Lord of War? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, even when you can see the wires and the obvious stunt doubles, it just like adds to the charm. It's like I agree, totally. It's so yeah. fun. Um, so they had to uh get the plane shot in one take because they were actually destroying a plane, and so they <laughs> sh- crap. they shot it with thirteen cameras from multiple angles to achieve this fucking masterwork. That's insane. Everything in this movie is like practical stunt work too, right? I, I yeah, don't think I noticed any. Well, the, um, I believe they literally did cut off Nick Cage's face. Oh, the, well, okay. They the, literally the only, did. Everything was practical. I believe one of the only things that was CG was uh, when they're like jumping in the air uh, at the end. Uh, they oh, yeah. put their faces on the stunt doubles. Oh, okay. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. But other than that, yeah, everything is pretty much done practically. <laughs> 
Uh, so a- after this uh, amazing little action sequence, they begin to interview uh, Pollux Troy, um, Caster Troy's brother, who I want to say they did an amazing job of making him look like just like Nick Cage. I feel like he really looks like his brother, I feel like. Yeah, because that, that, that actor doesn't normally look like that, especially mm-hmm. seeing him in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Yeah, he he was definitely uh, a little bit scummier in this. And oh, for sure. Mark Wahlberg would not have worked at all. No. So thank God for that. He's really like mousy and like just like conniving. Mm-hmm. For sure. But he yeah. reminds me of a guy I dated in college. Honestly, oh, I'm Logan. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I uh, I'm like freaking uh, John Travolta. Oh, but not. I'm like blowout era non Travolta. Not okay. Notice that I'm not. Notice that I'm not endorsing the statement. And you know, what I, I will say though is that good reference on blowout John Travolta because that's like peak John Travolta, like looks wise, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, so the interrogation of Pollux Tri doesn't really go anywhere. They don't get any leads, so they devise the FBI. Are they the FBI? Or are they just like an anti-terrorist? They're like the FBI, I think. I don't know. Actually, at one they... point when they and not spoil it, but they have like a raid. They literally it says FBI in their jackets. Oh, oh okay. okay. Um, they're FBI, but at the beginning, Travolta says they're like a secret anti-terrorist task force within the FBI. Oh, oh so okay. so they support like a different kind of terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. They're an Basically, extension of the task force that. Uh, assassinated the leader of the black panther yes <laughs> like we're, we're yeah, the secret yeah, yeah. anti-terror task force that terrorizes like black like civil rights leaders <laughs> they, they work for the uh fbi but the fbi doesn't know that they've assembled a crack team of gerbils um <laughs> to execute <laughs> a plan um, <laughs> yes it all comes back to g-force <laughs> so uh so they devise a plan, uh, the the FBI, to take the face off, off. <laughs> of of Caster uh, Troy's comatose body and put it onto Archer, so that Archer can pose as Troy in prison to get information from Pollux Troy. My dream like role in a movie is to be the scientist guy with like the crazy idea who's like, that's where I come in and explains all this like ludicrous shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Straight face. I would love to be that kind of person in a movie. And everybody's like, you're a madman, but you're a genius. And and I will say this, this might be a controversial take on the show is that when they were explaining all the shit that has to happen for like John Travolta to play Nick Cage, I'm like, fuck this. This movie sucks. I was like, legit, I like, hated that. I really did. Yeah, I was I hated like, this it. is really tedious. And, and I work in healthcare. So like seeing that, I'm like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And it actually took me out of the movie for like a solid 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then were, after, after it was because they like, it was, they were like, oh, only this lab can do it. Right. Yep. Like yep. only this lab is capable of it. But at the end, suddenly another lab is capable yeah, of it. Like, yeah. Fuck? So yeah, that took me out of the movie for a little bit and I was actually kind of mad, but then after, and we'll get into it later, but after a certain event, I'm like, never mind, this movie's totally good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a few times where there was some uh, some bumps in the road that I was worried were, uh, were going to ruin the movie for me. One of them being this and another one being the first time you see John Travolta pretending to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, and he's like, woohoo! I was like, after that, he does a pretty good job of like giving you cage mannerisms. But uh, yeah, that first scene was a little bit Mm. a little rough. 
rough, yeah. So Archer reluctantly agrees to go through with the procedure and, like, uh, you know, says to his wife, I'm going to be going away for a little while. And don't forget his totally cool, not, like, stereotype daughter. Oh, yes. His his, sort of goth daughter. But she's not she's not goth. uh, She wants to be. uh, She's like a Hollywood version of like rebellious teenage daughter. And it's really cringe. Well, they say that uh, she changes her look like every week. So I think when you first see her, that's when she's being goth. And then she's just like, I don't know. She's like 90s punk or something. Yeah. Yeah. After the procedure, uh, Archer awakens to to find that his reflection uh, does not match his mental image of himself. You know, uh, relatable content, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he he awakens with a hella dysphoria, just (laughs) slipping out and smashing a beer. But uh, they, they manage to calm him down. And uh, they also implant a chip onto his vocal cords that they can just, like, tweak somehow to change his voice. And I will – there was kind of, like, a plot plot hole here where they said, like, basically, like, a swift wind will dislodge it. But a lot of shit happens to Nick Cage in the, or, like, <laughs> oh, I should yeah. say Nick Travolta. And then it doesn't – doesn't, like, the voice module thing doesn't change the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. There's a lot of shit that could have happened. Yeah, and uh, you did fail to mention that they implant the chip via vaccine. Uh, so yeah they say like what do they say it's like a particularly violent sneeze could dislodge it or something like that yeah and a lot more things than a sneeze happen in this movie to nick travolta true true from this point on uh sean archer is going to be played by nicholas cage well um this point until like the last two minutes of the film so i mean it is nicholas cage why not Mm -hmm. well it's nicholas cage why not yeah So, uh, (laughs) Archer is then put into a maximum security prison with only the doctors and two other FBI agents knowing that Cage is in fact Archer and not Caster Troy. The prison is some sort of like high tech magnetic field on it that they force all the the prisoners to wear these magnetic boots to where they can. The Goomba boots. Yeah, the Goombas. It's basically like the prison that like the Turkish government said sent fucking Abdullah Asalan to, but like have magnetic boots on it too. (laughs) It's like, it's like the weirdest prison to ever exist. Yeah. And it appears to be on like an old offshore oil rig or something. Uh, So it's It's very similar to the Fire Nation. Oh, yeah. I really got halfway through that joke before I realized how stupid I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) The Fire Nation prison, you know, um, very high security. Mm -hmm. Super high. Um, I'm pro-Fire Nation, by the way. I don't know if I've ever... You're you're pro-Fire Nation? Yeah. Goddamn fascist. (laughs) I'm more more pro-Fire Fest Nation. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, meanwhile, at the hospital, Caster Troy awakens from his coma with no face. What the uh, fuck? Just, what the fuck? This scene's so good. I love the cigarette with no face. Yeah. Yeah, and I really I did like it. how they like they didn't really actually show Nick Cage's face except for like in the reflection of the glasses or Very like, for, like a microsecond. Brief. Yeah. That was And when brilliant. he like shoots up, when he like shoots up in bed, like when he first like wakes up, it's like genuinely like creepy. And I also yeah. like so how good. they they were like able to like make it sound like uh he wasn't using his lips too. They did a good job on that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that scene is uh, fantastic. Also, apparently, Nicolas Cage was like, he didn't want to see the gory makeup 
reflected anywhere so they like removed a bunch of reflective surfaces oh. in the room oh wow. because he didn't want to see himself that badly um <laughs> and you can see it in the reflection of the glasses it looks pretty fucking gnarly yeah yeah the way he sat up reminded me of nosferatu you know we were talking about earlier how he had a lot of influences and he was talking he talked he talks a lot about how he's channeled. He channels Nosferatu a lot. So oh, yeah. um, when he sat up like that, I think oh, that's I totally he was trying to that. channel. I could totally see that too. But yeah, so uh, he, he awakens from his coma with no face and he sees Archer's face in a glass container and uh, starts making some odd shrieking noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> I love it though. I don't yeah, know. I it's great. Like... I mean, to be fair, what would you sound like if somebody ripped off your face without any anesthetic and you woke up from a coma? Yeah. I'd make some pretty weird ass noises. I'd be chill as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he calls up his peeps and uh, they kidnap the doctor who performed the procedure and force that doctor to put Archer's face onto Troy's body. And from now on, Caster Troy is played by John Travolta. Uh, or as I put in here, Troy Volta, if you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or I call him John Cage. <laughs> now that's the guy who made 433 and all the prepared piano stuff. And hey, it, yeah, uh, John Cage. I'm, I'm confused already. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I'll cut that bit. There's like four people that'll get it. Anyway, I, I get it. <laughs> through his chats with uh, Pollux, Archer discovers that the bomb is in the L.A. Convention Center. Oh, and, and don't forget, too, is that uh, John Cage kills everybody involved. Who, who knows about the face transplant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so nobody that. knows that he's that he switched bodies. Oh, no. Which, that that whole scene didn't make any sense because, like, oh, they're just going to ignore the, the laboratory where, like, a bunch of people died yeah. and was set on fire in, like, a once-in-a-world like fucking, faci- like, facility that does this, like, amazing operation. Yeah. And they're, like, just complete, going to completely ignore that. Like, how the fuck do they also, get away with I, that? I find it, it hard no to believe that you're doing this whole operation where you've uh, put a somebody else's face on a special agent and you burn down a building and kill like three people and no one else knows. That's like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like three. Yeah. Was it two FBI agents and a doctor? Like, all all the information. News, he does show Travolta or, oh God, uh, Sean Cage, <laughs> a newspaper article saying that the lab burned down. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. People, it is, people are aware of it. But it just doesn't seem like I guess they just don't put it together that. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't think too hard about it, frankly. I mean, this is a movie where two people swap faces and like that's, assume that's each other's life. where I land. We were talking about stuff. suspension disbelief, <laughs> Jess. That was just a little bit too much. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, I was enjoying this movie so much that anything that bothered me for a second, uh, I was willing to fuck off with <laughs> because. Uh, I was having a great time. But yes, Jess, he he does find out that the bomb is at the L.A. Convention Center. And yep, then he finds out the bomb is at the L.A. Convention Center and is then visited by the FBI, but finds it's just Troy Volta that is the agent there to meet him. And um, Troy reveals that he killed the doctors and the FBI agents who knew to him, showing him that article and everything. So uh, at that point... Um, what's his name archer is uh basically realizes like i'm trapped in this body and no one's gonna ever believe that i'm not uh caster troy exactly so i'm never gonna get my bullet wound back we for- <laughs> i forgot to mention right i don't know if you guys covered this but um when they're talking about all the boring sciencey shit they also mention that the only difference between you two is your blood type oh, oh yes. yes yes that is an important detail to note very much so 
So, uh, Caster Troy, then, like, living as Sean Archer, uh, is there for the interrogation of Pollux Troy the next time it happens, and uh, reveals himself to his brother, and also tells him to confess to the location of the bomb so that he can go disarm it and become a true American hero, you know? Uh, so, you know, he is a true American. He does fight for the rights of every man. Oh, yes. Pollux also very willing to just accept this situation, yeah, <laughs> uh, which I got to give him props for. Oh, I mean, yeah. to be fair, I, considering they're like world class, like, you know, fucking violent terrorists, they're like, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I'm sure there's a world that that could happen. I wish there had been one line where he's like, how do I know it's you? And he's like, remember that time I shoved a Lego up your ass when we were four or whatever? I don't know. Something <laughs> yeah, like, like some like weird detail that no one <laughs> else would know but them. But yeah, he receives a ton of praise and goes home to have like a romantic candlelight dinner with Archer's wife. And uh, and she's very hesitant to fuck him at first because like the actual Sean Archer is a shitty husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. yeah. But he does reveal himself to truly be a wife guy. Uh, he says, if the top cop in this country can't come home every night to his wife, then to hell with the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, love a good wife guy. Yeah. He's a real family man. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> uh, so. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. What if we unleash? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be here all night, baby. Uh, meanwhile, Archer discovers uh, in the prison that they remove the magnetic boots from the prisoners before they give them like what is it like electroshock therapy is like punishment it's um so for electroshock treatment historically has been used as like a very extreme form of behavior modification yeah mainly in people with like severe depression Mm -hmm. yeah but um if they uh, in here with the science a little more science for you uh after they put the boots back on them they actually uh give them a mushroom to make them bigger (laughs) 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 make sure it's not a poison mushroom it'll make them smaller Yeah. yeah That's um, real science. That is. So uh, when he realizes that, he's like, I got to get in that room. And he beats a guard until he's hauled in there uh, and then makes his escape. Oh, and don't forget the doctor who does the uh, electroshock was played by Joe Bob Briggs. Dude, I flipped out. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, he looked so uh, he looked way younger than I would expect him to look in 1997 yeah he really he, did he's so old now he looked like in his like late 20s early 30s or something i've now seen him in two movies i can say you know look at all his filmography he's actually been in a shit ton of movies he's in casino yes wait who, who, who are we talking about uh joe bob briggs he uh he hosts um a show on the shutter app uh well he used to host a show on like tnt yeah, it was like tnt back in like late 90s um he's uh he's a, he's a this guy. horror movie guru um and yeah he just he does this thing uh called the last drive-in where um, he does like interstitials and factoids about horror movies and stuff, and he rules. He first came to my attention when I watched a Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh yeah! Oh show. wow! So. Yeah, I I wanted to call out uh, in like the prison segment. John Carroll Lynch is like the main guard guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, that guy looked really familiar, but I couldn't pin. He's in. He's he just was. like a. He's in Fargo. Just like great character actor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's wasn't in he Zodiac. Was, I was like, I've, I've seen uh, that. Was he the guy who played the serial killer in Zodiac? Like, the, yeah, he will. The yeah, the, allegedly, alle- you know? the alleged alleged guy, yeah. Oh yeah, yes. he, wait, he's Arthur in Fargo, Leon, and the yeah. his business partner in Fargo is also in this movie. 
which I noticed. Uh, that's John Travolta's boss. Uh, he he played oh, yeah, the father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. The yep, and he's also. I just watched him uh, in the Jeff Daniels picture, uh, Escanaba in the Moonlight, uh, which is. Uh, is it a movie actually set in Escanaba, it's Michigan? It's set in Escanaba. It's <laughs> a par- it was a passion project of Jeff Daniels. He like because I think he's from Minnesota or something or somewhere. Well, Jeff Daniels close. was literally the face of like Michigan state tourism for. Oh years. yeah, Michigan. Um, it's weird, but yeah, this old <laughs> white guy. <laughs> anyway, so like he makes this escape from the prison, and which also involves him swimming all the way back to shore from like. Yeah, like that that scene really shore. bugged me because I'm like, it, there's got to be like a million helicopters. There's no way he could hold his breath underwater for like what a couple miles of swimming well, he or something. Just he he was strategic about it. He kept going down and coming back up. I, it's it's. I mean that. He, Look, look, Josh it's movie like logic, 45 just appreciate movie. the fucking explosions, all right? First off, no 45-year-old man is able to swim that much for that long. Well, hey, Come on. Uh, we know that um, he's good at going down and coming back up. Anyways, uh, back in L.A., Archer goes to the hideout of an old accomplice of Troy's and tells the dude that he needs his help to get Sean Archer, air quotes, um, and he says once they kidnap him, they will take his face... Off. They take his face off. And they, they really belabor this point for about a minute and a half, which I, to some people might be over the top, but to me was like exactly what I wanted. No, it was hilarious. I loved it. It's really the, the hand motion that sells it. Oh, yes. They do that hand motion a lot in this movie, too, I've noticed. Like, uh, they'll go up to random characters and, like, kind of swipe their hand over their whole face. Like, Travolta does that to his... Well, I mean, that's like his family's thing. Yeah, that's like the thing that they do. That's how they know that it's that it's them. That's their like little tidbit that only they know. You know, yeah. uh, they don't mean actually, I don't know why they don't mention this, but the whole family is blind. And so they got to feel each other's face. <laughs> Archer also sees uh, Castor Troy's baby mama and five year old kid. And uh, he gets a little creepy with the kid remembering and his baby own mama played by Gina son. Gershon. Gina yes. Gershon. Returning cage fight player, I think. Inconceivable. Yeah, she was also in uh, Showgirls. It's his wife. Wait, oh. in the the movie Inconceivable, the Cage movie? Yeah. Oh man, Inconceivable is such a fucking bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gina, Ger- Gina Gershon is Nick Cage's wife in Inconceivable. See, okay. you might think it's a bad movie, but what you're failing to recognize is that Inconceivable actually applies to the fact that they cannot conceived oh yeah. oh my it's actually gosh. very wow. brilliant i i, I believe yeah, wallace shawn really in princess bride came up with the title of that movie right yeah if you listen to if you listen to our episode on uh on inconceivable like we literally had an argument for 20 minutes about the feminist problems with inconceivable mm-hmm. um right so that's yeah. you know, thing to be fair there are a lot of feminist problems in most nick cage movies <laughs> that's absolutely true. Yeah, you know right. like him grabbing a young girl's ass at the beginning of the movie and you know yeah. Yeah, we yeah. stand a problematic daddy on this podcast <laughs> in the middle of that meeting with uh with with the the, the five-year-old child of troy uh the cops show up and raid the place and a huge shootout ensues Caster Troy shows up there and shoots his own former partner, but, you know, still looking like Sean Archer, while uh, apparently trying to kill his own son also. It looked like he was going to shoot him, uh, but I don't think he knows that that's his son. I, I don't know what I'm rambling about here. He just loves killing kids. Yeah, he yeah. just likes killing kids. <laughs> There's also a kind of cool scene, I think, where um, Troy and Archer are both on opposite ends of like a, 
a mirror, dual-sided yeah, mirror, where they turn cool. around and aim at it, and it looks like they're aiming at themselves, but it's the opposite. Yeah. I think that's cool. Very same, well done. This is the same scene where uh, <laughs> Caster Troy's baby mama, like, makes out with her brother for a good, like, two minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was strange. Good stuff. In this fight, also, uh, Pollux Troy is killed, yes. and this uh, irritates <laughs> Sean Archer quite a bit. Or, uh... Caster Troy, how am I fucking this up? <laughs> yeah, it's it. There's there's a lot of things. Yeah, I will say though, uh, there's a scene before this that did foreshadow a very important moment later in the movie, where uh, uh, Sean Archer's daughter is coming back from a date uh, with Danny Masterson, and Danny Masterson tries to rape her, which is a real yikes moment in 2021. Uh, knowing yeah. it's uh, a real uh, life meets art moment. Yeah, I don't think also, that's just a yikes moment in 2021. I think that's just a yikes moment. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Well, knowing uh, what we know just, about Danny Masterson now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, he's, he's like a real life rapist. Yeah, three women um, at least. Well, before before I saw this, before this happened, before the Danny Masterson thing happened, right? Um, I totally thought that that Caster Troy was gonna like hurt or do something bad to the daughter I like do. yeah i, I was, was worried about weird that. like rapey vibes there so i'm i'm glad that he saved her from a rapist instead of doing something horrible to her because that would have been and then and then gives her advice about how to deal with yep. future rapists the knife and twist and that comes in handy later on yes. mm-hmm. he gives her a knife also we got to get back to the plot so we can actually get to these scenes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. <laughs> that's the last interruption until the end. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, so, yeah. What? The next day at the office, Caster uh, Troy is like, just very upset that his brother is killed and basically murders his boss, who is the, the father-in-law from Fargo um, that I was talking about earlier, and uh, makes it look like he had a seizure or something. That was a heart attack. That. Heart, he says a heart attack, and then later they said the coroner said it was a seizure. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that one. But, um, he just, like, looks at him, and it brings on a heart attack. He, like, glares at him. Yeah, that, that was so strange. I was like, am I supposed to be picking up that he has, like, some kind of mental powers? Well, I thought he, like, did it, and then he, like, tapped his chest or something. He did some weird shit like that, didn't he? Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was... It, yeah, I saw him, like, clutching his heart, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. But then he, like, slams him in the neck and slams him onto the ground. That's yeah, what that's that what was, finally yeah. kills him. But then when he first comes in the office, he, like, looks at him, and he's like, oh, oh I don't feel <laughs> oh. so good. Meanwhile, uh, Archer shows up at his old house and uh, tells his wife the truth, who initially does not believe him, but he tells her to check their blood types and says, like, he's O negative, I'm AB positive. So that night, she somehow inconspicuously manages to take a blood sample out of uh, Caster Troy as he's sleeping. It looks like a pen syringe. Yeah. I don't understand that It looks like an EpiPen, but somehow she, like, draws blood with it i don't know yes. i also don't know how you're gonna stab someone with a needle and draw blood from them without them yeah. kind of waking yeah, especially up especially like in the back part of the but, arm uh, like that you, like you'd feel that in the tricep you really would but uh what whatever it's <laughs> it's all good fun she checks it in her lab because she is a doctor and it, it is confirmed after that she meets again with archer who still looks like caster troy uh, who looks like Nicolas Cage, and uh, she's still like a little iffy on it, but to finally fully convince her, he tells her the story of their first date. And um, she's like, okay, uh, let's work a plan and how for you to get this motherfucker. Let's let's get his ass. So she, and she ar- literally uses those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get his ass. <laughs> so she arranges a plan to bring Troy to Archer's boss's funeral. Uh, where Archer will show up and confront him. But uh, once the place clears out, the two have a face-off. Face 
off. Yes, and uh, Troy was tipped off to the whole thing, it seems, and holds Archer's wife and daughter hostage. And uh, Troy's baby mama, Sasha, also shows up, along with many of Troy's henchmen, and seems like a bunch of people there don't know who's who, but uh, a shootout begins, and everybody but Troy, Archer, and Archer's family is killed in it, which is convenient for the plot. Yeah, I was going to say very uh, convenient uh, for for, uh, John Travolta in this mm -hmm. movie. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say it was really funny. <laughs> it was very funny, though, too. Troy flees down to the harbor, and the two get into a speedboat chase. And I just have a note here that says, jumping one speedboat off of the cop boat is fucking awesome, is what I have written here. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they they uh, crash the boats onto the shore and get into hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, cornered, Troy begins to, like mutilate his own face with a knife in order to like fuck over archer i guess but uh archer kills him with a harpoon gun and he yells like die <laughs> no, <he doesn't. laughs> it's fucking incredible it's very odd it's a very odd delivery. <laughs> he just really wants him to die so they're taken to the hospital afterwards and their faces are swapped back archer returns home uh, fully Travolta again now, and now with uh, Troy's son. Yeah, literally kidnaps a child. Yeah, <laughs> as that kid, and they're going to raise him together. And um, I do have to say yeah, that- Yeah, real, real revenge moment. <laughs> it's like, you kill my kid, well, I'm going to take your fucking kid. If I were Archer's wife, I don't know that I would ever really be able to get over this experience and see this person in the same way again. Yeah. Well, also, don't, don't, forget, don't forget that the man who um, killed her child also raped her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Well, and just to have to be reminded of that every time you look at your husband, because the guy who did all that was your husband when he did it. Yeah. But, like, it's, 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 it's fucking just wild. So, it's that's so, a marriage um, ender, I feel like. Yeah. That's, that's that's a that's a certain marriage situation I think we can all relate to. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, that's the whole plot. And uh, what's what's everybody think of this movie? So what's... one thing, if I if I may go first, the one scene that you missed that I thought was funny. Yeah, was I, I in... realized I must. I thought I took notes on that. The oh no, it's okay. Scene uh, before, but the but standoff scene, uh, uh, fucking Nick Nick Travolta is choking John Cage, and it breaks the like voice modulator thing. Oh yeah. So they both have the same yeah. voice. And the daughter has a gun and she's like holding him up like, hey, which one is you? And she chooses the wrong one and shoots him in the, the arm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, John Cage takes her hostage and he's like, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah. And she takes the knife and stabs it in his leg, mm -hmm. which is a great callback to that scene earlier. Yeah. But his own uh, advice got used against him. You know, that's he yeah. tried to he tried to be the good guy and she fucked him over. That was a nice. Little She's scene. really the villain in all this, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yes, thoughts on this movie? Um, Flawless, I 10 out of 10. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie fucking it's really good. slaps. Really good. Yeah, I think this movie's great. I will say the science, though, it it did piss me off for a little bit, but I was I very learned tedious, to live very with annoying. it. Yeah, I learned to live mm -hmm. with it after a little bit. So. Look, it's too fun to not live with it. That is true. I cried at the end. I like sobbed. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was so beautiful that he, I really, you guys made fun of it, but I really thought it was so beautiful that he, his relationship with a son was restored at the end. And, you know, his broken heart had been healed or whatever. You know, blah, I, blah, and blah, I, I will I agree with that, but there is just so much trauma that's not been like fucking. And you really don't want to think about like the implications yes. of everything that's like, happened like I said, and so what first might off, happen in the future. Yeah. John Travolta kidnapped a child. 
uh, uh, John Fulton's wife well, was raped. Did he kidnap a by... child? Because it's an orphan. No, but he, I think he still though. I don't think child. the orphan really had that much of a say in it. Let's be fucking honest here. Well, they had, they only had one choice, and they were going with the guy who killed their their parents essentially. Mm. Um, and yes, and like I said, uh, John Fulton's wife was literally raped by the man who killed her child, mm-hmm. um, and her daughter was also kind of harassed by that same man. So a lot of shit happened. A lot of horrible shit happened. I think. Um, that requires years of therapy. <laughs> it would be cool, uh, albeit a little uncomfortable, if uh, he taught this new kid to like all the same stuff that his old kid liked. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> like uh, your favorite movie's Toy Story now. You know what? It's it's like uh, it's like fucking Sleepaway Camp, except without as much emotional trauma. Exactly. Yeah, we shall not mention Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> it's a good fucking movie. All right. Uh. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite horror movies. I'll just say that much. Uh, but yeah, no, I I thought this movie is great. The action scenes are really fun to watch. They're yes. so well done, and this it, I don't know. It's just goofy fun. Uh, it has some of my all time favorite Cage facial expressions, which great. Like maybe only beaten by like Vampire's Kiss. At least the scenes I've seen. Like oh, he, yes. his his expressionist acting in this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, A Vampire's Kiss. Is such a painful movie to watch, but he his performance in it is insane, oh, and it's yes. amazing. I haven't um, watched that one yet. I've just seen the the big scenes on uh, YouTube. But and, uh, well, we we have it hasn't been on our podcast yet, but we cheated a little bit and watched it. I was like, I just want to watch it. We, I, we've kind of done that with this show too, so don't feel we've too done bad. it a couple times. Yeah, no. yeah, this movie's good. I think the action scenes are good. It, it does it does remind me of John Woo's Hong Kong films. But I will say personally that I think John Woo's Hong Kong films have better action in them. Mm. I have not yeah, seen. Yeah, I've only seen his American movies, which mm-hmm. feels like a big and uh, blind spot. They are they are similar, but they are very like distinct as well from his American and Hong Kong movies, which makes sense. I mean, they are, they are made for two very different film audiences. If right now yeah. was 1997 and I had just seen Face Off and you told me that the director of this movie – would make the worst movie in the most entertaining franchise after this. Uh, I wouldn't right. believe you. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I after watching this movie, I I even I'm even more baffled at what Mission well, Impossible Two is. So so my thing is too is I think that and we talked and uh, they talked about this a little bit on our um, uh, Wind Talkers episode. Yeah, is that there was a shit ton of studio meddling. Yeah, absolutely. With, which uh, with John Woo, so it makes sense because like. I think Hollywood after a while was like, we got this guy. He's really good at making movies. Let's water him down as much as possible. Yeah. And I think that's probably what happened. With and and John too. Woo especially was accustomed to limited like studio meddling, even like in his Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. They they kind of, for the most part, uh, up until then, let him, you know, go nuts. Yeah. John Woo, not a guy to give limitations to. Yeah, Don't, really. He has a vision. <laughs> trust him. Uh, just just let him do his thing. I would say that I would say that Nicolas Cage for a career was also like as an actor was limited a lot more than he was in his early career. And I think that that has a lot to do with why his movies went down in quality in the late 2000s and 10s and kind of now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That and uh, the fact that I think towards the 2010s he just seemed to take any role that was offered toward him yeah (laughs) peak bankruptcy you know i was gonna say exactly there's there's three letters for why that happens irs (laughs) well it's nicholas cage why not exactly yeah but this this movie's really good and i I enjoyed this quite quite a bit very good movie and um 
I was honestly, though, expecting the science to be a little less stupid for some reason. It's a movie where two people swap faces. Like, what, I, what I, I just, just based on the premise alone, I knew there was going to be some goofy shit. I legit thought there was going to be like some weird, like we're going to do some, you know, like Hollywood makeup shit. I didn't like literally think they were going to we're going to rip off this person's face and do like weird nanotechnology, and then we're going to give you a voice modulator and all. And I'm like, dude, there's just too much shit going on. When I first when I first heard the premise for this movie, I was like, there's no fucking way that this is a movie that was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds so insane. It's not really a movie that would exist in Hollywood in like the late 90s. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Especially a big blockbuster. Yeah, but um, it happened and I'm very thankful for it. And, and I will say, I think it is really cool that Hollywood decided to do an R-rated version of Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, w- I would say... Um, this is a guy version of Freaky Friday. <laughs> Freaky Guy Day. Yeah, Freaky Guy Day. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is better, Freaky Friday or Face Off? That's a good question. I uh, f- this movie. Okay, I just recently watched the Jamie Lee Curtis Lindsay Lohan Freaky Friday, which I know is not the original, which I have not seen. But that movie, uh, I it holds up kind of. It was a lot of fun to I watch. I watched it for the first time like last year. It's honestly a pretty good movie. I there was a scene that I like actually cackled out loud at, which I was not expecting. Good movie. You know, I will say though is that this movie is inarguably less racist against Chinese people. That's true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but it's a trade-off. It's it's less racist, but it doesn't have Jamie Lee Curtis. That's true. So, does anybody else have anything else to say about their thoughts on this movie? Or? What? Any, anybody else? What? Okay. Dave? No? Dave, you want to do your plot summary for Face Off? <laughs> yeah! All right, All let's right. hear it. I got this idea. Oh, okay. Like, what it is, is that we, like, go around the world, like, me and you, and we just, like... Hack. All right. All right. That was a good I mean, plot summary. Like hacking is like my life. <laughs> it's a great plot That really summary, sums dude. it up. Yeah, yeah it really like does. Really good hackers, right? Awesome. Hack- oh, it wasn't even done. Okay. Very good hackers. That is kind of what this. They hacked uh, body uh, modification. <laughs> <laughs> they hacked uh, contemporary technology in the year 1997. Yes. Or, like make money off of this or something like. I say medical science. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually use this science to start an MTV show, uh, kind of like Pimp My Ride, but it's called Pimp My Husband, um, where you can like put his face on a, a sexier body or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is it Amazon review time? I think it's <laughs> yeah. Amazon review yeah. time. Um, a lot of good reviews for this movie. Uh, a lot of people um, angry that everybody says this movie is so good because oh. they are such an intellectual that they could mm. never enjoy such drivel. Uh, so some, let's get, get into it. Some, getting some uh, some pretentious hype backlash motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny. The more pretentious the review is, the dumber you can tell the actual person is. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> Well, I have a review from A.K. Smitty, who says... uh, (laughs) My favorite film critic. Yes. uh, Very good thriller. Uh, This is a good movie from back in the day when great movies were made. (laughs) A mixture of science brought to the screen with Hollywood fictional flair. The kind of think that propels young minds to create great futures by taking the theoretical and making it a practical reality. This movie has the components that cause one to think while enjoying an entertainment ride of a lifetime. 
with the occasional toe-dipping into the world of the seriously brilliant but disturbed mind of Psycho that keep us on the edge of our seats. Very well cast with superior acting. <laughs> five stars. That was a five-star review. don't miss. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's a bit about science to inspire future generations. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if, if, you think, if you think it's a doozy of a review, you haven't even, it, you're not it even seemed started like, yet. It seemed like he was going to go off on a tangent about how, like, uh, uh, this inspires bright young minds, but he immediately uh, pivots to uh, just how brilliant this movie is otherwise, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um. I have it's a like rev- those who keep you on the edge of your seats. That was my favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you uh, know, I know you didn't read it. I know you didn't read it with a southern accent, but I heard it with one. And it I, could, I could if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we are currently in the south part of Wisconsin. That's so. <laughs> true. Uh, I have a review uh, from, I don't know, it sounds like a lady and her dog wrote it. Uh, Princess Peanut and Justify. Uh, <laughs> a review titled, uh, Love This Movie A Lot. Um, this is one of my favorite movies. Sorry to read so many take it as a nonfiction and find it sick. It truly has a lot of action, emotion, and a mixture of suspense, drama, comedy, and I consider horror on the one part. Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Perfect combo to make this movie work. What? Um... <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of people who will think that this is a work of non <laughs> This is a biographical film. This is uh, a very biographical film, uh, yes. And those people think this movie is a little too disgusting. <laughs> what? The- <laughs> what? Uh, Sickos watch this movie and they're like, did this happen? <laughs> I think my mom still believes paranormal activity is real because I told her it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, um, I have a review from Michelle Huss who says, one of the better – before Cage stopped acting. Uh, And this review was written in 2015. And Michelle, I have good news for you. Uh, He didn't. Uh, (laughs) I I saw Primal recently. He was very much acting in that movie. Yes. Uh, Well, I I mean, I guess maybe they were trying to say this is the last movie he did well in. Um, because they say well, this is not even true. Yeah, that's not uh, true. That's not even true for sure. Um, they say this is the, the last movie where Cage did an acting expert for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. What? Um, so what? interpret that however you will. Um, is that a Russian bot review? I, I really enjoyed Cage's <laughs> performance in Spirit of Vengeance, but between Face Off and Spirit of Vengeance, <laughs> something happened to Cage and his acting became what? less. What? His performances of other people than him in front of the why camera. Is Spirit of yeah, why, why is Spirit of Vengeance of all movies? Not even the first Ghost Rider. Vengeance <laughs> is the um, shittier Ghost Rider movie. I would Jeez. read the rest oh of this God. review, but I think it's just a bunch of words put together <laughs> that don't make sense. It's like predictive text. It really, right? What's so funny to me is they were like, they were like, okay, Face Off, good movie. Next good movie that Nicolas Cage made. <laughs> Spirit of, of vengeance. vengeance. <laughs> that's that's the line for them. <laughs> they watch Raising Arizona and they're like, does it hit like Spirit of Vengeance does? <laughs> uh, I have a review from Jennifer Kathleen Brewer. Um, this is a, uh, uh, for the uninitiated, the ACR, uh, the all caps review of the week. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I'm not going to scream it, but just... Uh, Think of it being screwed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, a very scary, but a film that is very educational wise <laughs> via the law. I'm sorry. A very scary, but a film that is very educational wise via the law. Ah. Wait, uh, wait, how many stars? Oh my god, I learned a lot about the law. Yes, you're in law school. Movie. Can you can you verify this? Um, you know, um, absolutely. Yeah, I guess. You know. <laughs> so I know this movie uh, is kind of where you decided to start the podcast. Is this the movie that also made you decide to go to law school? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god! If it was, that would actually be hilarious. No, I was actually already in law school, but maybe it's like. You know what propelled me to do well in my finals? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was like a, like a very confirming thing for for you. It probably it definitely taught me a lot. Learned about laws of what laws would you learn from that movie? That's well, what I'm trying I mean, to figure kind out. Kind of laws of gravity, if you think <laughs> about it, because when they yeah. got like fucking, <laughs> they got stuck to the ground in that prison with <laughs> the magnet boots. Yeah, um, the law of magnets. Well, Jess, magnets. How do they work? Mm. Can you explain that to me. Jess uh, is Maxwell's a juggler. Maxwell's equations and the. The Lorenz You know what? I don't want to talk to no scientists. You <laughs> motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Okay. Um, well, Jennifer Kathleen Brewer uh, goes on to scream, um, a, a man that fights for his family and yet makes sure that a villain is captured and put to death at the end of the film. <laughs> what? Okay. That broke me. So first off, that's not really how execution works. It was just more of like. I would also hey. say Castor Troy is the one who took care of his family. Oh, I mean, really, like he like fucked his wife for him. Yeah. He, like <laughs> saved his daughter from a rapist. I think Castor Troy is really the one who did stuff yeah, for his family. He's he less wasn't... of an absentee dad and does more like actual parental guidance than John Travolta's character. He does. is a more attentive father, very much so. Uh, um, <laughs> to be fair, he did rape the mom though let's be honest mm -hmm. uh my next review is actually a bonus all caps review uh from oh. teresa m torres who says vulgar and blasphemous oh, the movie yeah. starts off with cage shooting john and killing his son then goes to cage pretending to be a degenerate priest that curses the music of the messiah as a choir sings it disgusting demonic blasphemous vulgar that was enough to ruin any interest in watch another second of the movie. God help these producers and actors on the day they meet their maker. <laughs> you said those all I love when right? they're so mad and they just like forget to type words <laughs> or finish words. Well, I was just thinking like who decides, okay, I'm going to watch a movie about like about people getting their faces taken off and switching faces. And um, I've seen the previews for it. I'm going to the movie theater to go watch this movie or whatever. And they're like, Oh man, this is really going to be a good religious movie. This is going to appease to my Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is just a one in a million person, but let's find out. Victoria writes horrible movie. Don't buy it or rent it. It is filled with slandering God's name in vain. <laughs> uh, I review from Andrea who says, Dick off. Hey, John Woo, I got a movie for you. One star. Uh, <laughs> W. Boyd writes. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm what? trying to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dick off. I got a movie for you. Uh, they didn't like it. I wasn't expecting that. That was great. Uh, I'm excited for Dick off. 
W. Boyd uh, writes, just awful. I was encouraged by two co-workers to reconsider my strong opinions about this Travolta joint. I have to tell you, I went in completely open-minded. I did reconsider this John Woo-directed action thriller. I have to tell you, my two co-workers, while they are very sweet people, are completely devoid of credibility in their assessment of movies. <laughs> Face Off is truly a macho piece of crap. It tries to tell the story of a good guy and a bad guy so bent on beating each other that nothing will stand in their way. It is the worst showing of Nick Cage. Each line of dialogue seems to be offered up for the pleasure of ridicule. Travolta is right in his wheelhouse as the world's most overrated living actor. Both characters uh, eventually surgically switch faces because uh, this will provide a big competitive advantage for victory over each other's foe. I still have no clue whether Cage or Travolta is supposed to be the good or the bad guy. Watch this just for the sense of schadenfreude you will undoubtedly experience. Okay, so first off, if this is the worst Nick Cage movie you've ever seen, you're doing pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Second off, most overrated actor, bitch, fucking watch The Fanatic. You'll change your (laughs) mind on that one. Very last point here. If you can't tell who's the good guy and the bad guy, you clearly weren't fucking paying attention. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was a, it was a, it was a kind of a gray area for me. Um, yeah, that's true. The dude well, was pissed, dude. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> that, just, that review, like that person's a fucking idiot. <laughs> like what a fucking idiot. Uh, oh, and that's one star. Um, oh, but God. they don't like the movie, but they recommend you watching it though. Yes. yes because, well, they, they recommend it at the end. I mean, they assume the reader is not as smart as them. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I just have a couple more. Uh, Elite Lamo uh, writes. Oh, Elite Lamo. That's another. I think that's a person who also did another review. I think that might be a returning uh, reviewer. Mm. Um, Elite Lamo writes. Uh, who are these people that give films like this five stars? I read <laughs> some of these reviewers, and I wonder if they are making my food at restaurants, if they are saving okay. lives in Classist. the ER, or are the ones who run right out to buy some fool CD from American Idol. Or talking superlatives about the new Snoop Dogg video that was on MTV. Do they sell tires in Spokane or Crawdaddies in Baton Rouge? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Face Off is truly an atrocious film from start to finish. Cage and Travolta have no on-screen chemistry, and it is sh- so shallow, so utterly beneath me to even want to describe the asinine plot and utter <laughs> paltry dialogue. <laughs> this motherfucker thinks so highly of themselves. <laughs> I am like seething. You have to work in a restaurant to enjoy this. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck I'm it. sorry. Uh, oh, I'm not sorry. No, For years I have person. thought this and will continue to until I leave this medium. But Face Off is unequivocally one of the worst films ever made. Pure trash. Okay, come on. That's not fair at all. Once again, I'll go back to the last review that I got really mad at. If this is the worst movie you've seen in a lot, or like one of the worst movies you've ever seen, you're doing a pretty goddamn good job. Because yeah. like half of my formative movie experiences are literally like buying dollar DVDs at like a shifty like used video store. That's just like a, a shitty like budget snuff film looking ass movie. Also, to- I had a lifetime and a Hallmark uh, mail subscription when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> that rocks. So if you think that you've seen a lot of bad movies, oh, oh I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Final review comes from Sarah, who says, great movie and shipped as scheduled. 
one star. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> uh, so that's it for Face Off. That went on uh, uh, long enough for one podcast. So I, I, you're, and- I think that does it for Face Off. We're going to take a short little break, and then we'll be back to you to talk about The Wicker Man. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're here now to talk to you about the Wicker Man, which is a the ret- Wanker Man. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, the leave man. me alone. I'm the Wicker Man. Yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm a Wicker Man, and my fire is much worse than <laughs> my bees are much worse than my fire in the fuck. Uh, I'm trying. I will say for the listener, I had written a parody of Taylor Swift's mean uh, titled Bees uh, that I was going to perform in this episode, but I'm passing on that. Uh, <laughs> Why that you gotta be so bees? <laughs> Why you gotta keep those bees? It's, oh, okay. Um, top shelf. I, I, I'll say that much. Uh, check out the Patreon. I, we'll, say, uh, like, I, I liked this movie until the end, and then I hated it. No, like okay. this movie. I, I like this movie <laughs> all the way through, okay? <laughs> Every part of it. So so the Wicker Man is a returning champion from back in episode nine is when we covered it, when it went up against the movie Sunny. Which I'm sure was a very easy debut. choice between the two. It was an easy choice, certainly in terms of which one entertained me a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of wish there had been a scene in Wicker Man where Nicolas Cage had sex with a bunch of old married women. But, uh... No, I, I kind of wanted—I kind of wanted a scene in the Wicker Man of Nicolas Cage being a uh, Louisiana gay pimp. Yes, oh, yes. Um, absolutely. That's what I wanted. Really, Sonny should have been about that character personally. Um, yes. Yes. Um, now imagine this movie. Yes, you're onto something. Email Nicolas Cage. Let him know. Yes. Like so instead really of instead of luring a cop out of his jurisdiction, this movie should have been about them like luring a pimp from Louisiana hmm. uh, because uh, one of his best girls went missing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Summer's Isle. <laughs> yeah, Summer's Isle. Oh man, that really would have that would have been it. That would have made the movie like ten times better. Agreed. I'd also want a cameo of Eddie from Deadfall, though, somewhere in the movie. Oh, God, oh, yes. yes. What if we just make a movie? It's it's like Destroy All Monsters, the Godzilla movie. But yes. instead of getting all the monsters, they throw together all of Nicolas Cage's most batshit characters <laughs> in the same movie. Hell yeah. And yes. Have them fight. And at the end, they just all bowed to Caster Troy. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, The Wicker Man came out in 2006, rated PG-13. And uh, has a runtime of 102 minutes. It has approximately 1 million different production companies. Everybody had. Well, Saturn Films is involved with it too, of yeah. course. Saturn Films is in it, which is the one to note. The mark of a great cage film. Yes, oh, really? absolutely. The mark of the beast, as we call it. <laughs> and uh, it had a budget of $40 million and a box office gross of, well, do you want to guess? I'm going to guess $19 million. 19 okay um i think this movie's in the red i don't remember uh, i guess i don't either i listened to the um, episode and i don't remember but i'm gonna say 450 million <laughs> damn that's pretty good i was gonna say 40 million oh, like i'm a dot um i'll go a bit higher i think it i 
it probably turned a tiny profit. I'm going to say 50 million. Ooh. Well, it's $38 million, actually. Damn. So it's just, just $2 million shy of it. So budget. I was basically right. Yeah, Damn. you were right. <laughs> almost I was, dead on. I really underestimated it. I guess a lot more, twice the amount of people yeah. box office-wise wanted to see this movie than I thought. And uh, I was pretty close. So That's true. Yeah. Um, the review- I think it was in a really good place in Nicolas Cage's career. I think might have been why it had an even... Yeah, yeah that's true. This I mean, was really like the beginning of the waning days of like Nicholas. The beginning Cage's. of the downslope. Yeah, really. really. It's interesting because Face Off is like the ascendancy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I feel like he peaks. His like movie star era peaks, I guess, with National Treasure. I would maybe say. Yeah, yeah. I would it's say like it's right around a there. Downslope from there. I agree. Yeah, I yeah definitely. Yeah, uh, from Rotten Tomatoes, this got a 15% on the tomato meter. Fucking pathetic. Uh, 17% from audiences. Even more pathetic. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we got there. Because uh, just to spoil my opinion, this movie like, should get 100% on both of those. God damn, okay. <laughs> I and we'll, we'll get to it later. Uh, and you're, you guys are going to hate me once again. I told you before the show that you're going to hate me for my Nick Cage fact at the end, but I'll let you go oh, through shit. the synopsis before I say uh, it. Can I guess your Nick Cage fact? The about me and my Nick Cage, like, yeah. like, yeah. Um, so you saw this movie and then you dressed up as a bear and punched a woman. That's partially true, yes. Okay, <laughs> I just want to say I really liked the uh, I really liked the feminine power aspect of this movie. Well, so that's the thing is that it was not meaningful, it was not like a good type of thing because the director is like a very noted misogynist. Like very, very noted misogynist. So it was it might so it was very was like, unintentional. This is what those evil positive. women do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, uh the director Neil Labute, his very first like directorial movie was a movie where two men like sexually manipulate a disabled woman for fun. And it's a oh. comedy. Uh it's yeah. This guy's got oh, a lot great. of problems with women, cool. I'll just put it that way. So yeah, we already did a super in-depth plot summary back on episode nine, so I would say jump back and listen to that if you want that, but we're going to just do a quick, quick plot summary here. Nicholas Cage is a police officer who uh, one day receives like a letter from his former, former partner, lover. Yeah, former lover, who says that uh, her daughter has disappeared and that uh, she would like him to come out to the island where she stays in this, like, sort of cult-like thing. And, uh, this help. weird neo-pagan, like, fucking traditionalist island. Yeah. yeah. And the the daughter's name uh, is, is Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same fucking up there. Not the bean! <laughs> yeah, not the bean and not the bean! <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh, yeah, that's good. That was actually a thing I was going to say. What if Rowan in this movie was played by Rowan Atkinson? <laughs> like would have done a better job. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson in a wig and like a, just a dress that's way too small for his body. <laughs> that was the movie we needed, I think. Yeah. But um, could have called it Rat Race Two. Yeah. Uh, so like he goes out there and uh, attempts to find this little girl who the whole island seems to be conspiring to cover up the disappearance of. And uh, after like some some like investigations where he's being like thrown off the trail repeatedly or it seems like that, he seems to come to the conclusion that she is about to be burned for a harvest ceremony in order to bless their crop of of honey because on this island they do a lot of beekeeping. Just as he finds the girl and is about to try and save her, he f- discovers that the little girl Rowan was in on the plot the whole time along with his former lover 
and they all did this to lure him here so that he could be burned alive in the titular Wicker Man for their harvest ceremony. And uh, he does get burned alive, and that's the end. He dies. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to mention. So the one Nick Cage fact, and I've, I've been spoiling it this whole time. So remember when I told you that I had a Blu-ray and a DVD copy of this movie? Yes. So before I started the show, this was the only Nick Cage movie I owned on, like, home media. Yeesh. The only Pitiful. Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Pitiful. That's sad. I mean, Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that something? Did, wait, did you own two copies at that time, or have you since gotten the... Uh, I, I, I've, I've had the Blu-ray and DVD copy for a while. Okay. Isn't so, the Blu-ray out of print now? It I feel kinda, like every time I've it's looked not, for it, it's like uh, super expensive. Is yes. it? That's good to know. I'm glad Same. I got it at a good time, because I got it for like a couple bucks, I remember. Yeah, now you can sell it for like 20 bucks or something. Oh, shit. And also, I do have a problem with the Blu-ray, because the Blu-ray only has the alternate ending. It does not have the original ending, and I frankly wanted to see James Franco and Jason Ritter in this movie. It's weird that it wouldn't put them both... Uh, on the disc, I don't but, know why I mean, they the didn't alternate do that. ending is so much better than the original. Ending. Oh, it is I mean, a million times better. <laughs> DVDs around this time would always in the. I remember during the commercials for like the home video release and the shocking yep, alternate, the shocking ending. alternate ending. I remember that vividly, and then I I bought it on purpose for that reason, and it was the fucking B ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a big thing because like I neither of us had seen this movie before. And I had always assumed that the not the bees ending was just it's the most famous thing from this movie, right? Oh, yes, for sure. Absolutely. So it's like that's the end of the movie. And then I was profoundly confused when at the end of the movie, there's no bees thing, but there's James Franco in a bar. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, what? Where are the bees? Yeah. Then then I learned the truth. I learned the truth that that was the shocking alternate ending all along. Yeah. So basically this was all like a marketing ploy. Like people in the theater saw it one way and then the people who bought the DVD saw it a different way and just the DVD is what blew up. So so the DVD has the alternate ending. It, ha- it has both versions, but the Blu-ray only has the alternate ending. Oh, so if you bought the DVD, you got to see you got to see see both versions. (laughs) Yeah. But if you bought the Blu-ray, you only get the amazing version. To be honest, the the Blu-ray, it probably only got a Blu-ray release on the strength Mm -hmm. of the meme of. (laughs) Okay, that is honestly a very true point. I still think they should have included both. I don't know why they didn't include both. Doesn't make that is weird that they wouldn't just Um, include the original theatrical ending. But yeah, this this movie is the meme machine. Um, I I've seen this movie. I'd say probably five or six times. I love it. I show every time I get like a new friend group, I'm like, hey, let's watch a bad movie together. And this is like one of the bad movies I show. This was my second time watching it. The last time we covered it was the first time I had actually seen it. And uh, like Logan, I was very fucking confused. (laughs) Um, And I I remember specifically that I was like, okay, did did I just zone out? And so right, I, yeah, I was rewound. Like, Wait, we were drinking while we were watching this. I was like, I must have just like blacked out for a moment and yeah. missed it. I rewound to the part like where he's like running through the field and getting stung by bees. Yeah, and I was like, did it happen there? And I somehow missed it. I was I was very confused. Um, yeah, but yeah, watch the alternate ending. It's on YouTube. Um, yeah. 
Of course. <laughs> yes. And and that scene has literally half of the amazing lines in this movie. Like, you bitches, you bitches. Yeah. Killing me won't bring well, back you, your goddamn honey. You do, you do hear that in the original yeah. version. Just you do. Like it's, in the distance. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. like VO over. It's like, my like, legs. You broke my legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. He literally said, like, the SpongeBob kick. Like, oh, my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he literally does say, ow, my leg. <laughs> It's because uh, I last night to prepare, I put in the DVD too because I'm like, I have to remember exactly all the minute details. And yeah, they just do the VO over the torture scene. Yeah, basically. It, in the it reminded version. me a lot of the like the Will Ferrell character from Austin Powers where he's like, oh, I'm still yes. alive down here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mustafa. Yeah, Mustafa. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of that. And, you know, there is uh, the actual line for the bees is what is that? What is that? Oh no, no, not the bees. <laughs> not the bees. They're in my eyes. My eyes. Blarg, blarg. Ah, cough, cough. <laughs> that's, that's the actual I'm line still alive. Uh, <laughs> I'm st- I've, the bees are gone and my eyes are swollen shut, but I can still be saved. <laughs> and also, um, I mean, of course, phallic symbol, phallic symbol. It's oh, an, yes. a legendary line. And also, in that scene where he's investigating the school, he says, Listen, you're all going to have to bear with me. And he dresses up in a bear costume and assaults a woman later on. Yeah, true. I found that scene so funny. Uh, with, that's uh, great. Molly Parker in the classroom. Yeah. Where he's just like oh, calling all the little girls liars. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and it is. Liar. So yeah, this movie's great. Um, and I will say personally, this is for me a top five Nick Cage movie, not even a question. Damn. Damn. I'm serious. This that's, might be like high top, top three, like th- third or fourth for me. Oh, and one more thing I totally forgot, and you might have missed this. It's the very first thing in the credits. This movie was dedicated to Johnny Ramone. Yeah, I saw that. I think I missed that. <laughs> it was dedicated to Johnny Ramone, who just died. Like this, he like literally died as like the movie was finishing up, like like post production. <laughs> Uh, in an unfortunate B accident. And and believe it or not, what Johnny was... Ramone and Nick Cage were like really good friends in real life. It's okay, weird I was going to say, what's like the relation to Johnny Ramone? Like was the director friends with him or Nick Cage was friends with him? Okay. Yeah, I think it was more Nick Cage was friends with Johnny Ramone, but they were like actually like super good friends apparently. It's very huh. strange. Now um, uh, Nick Cage just hangs out with the Dead Kennedys and Mitt Romney and – Oh. <laughs> really bothered me about this movie. He wore the same suit every single day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that, like, for me, whenever somebody does that for extended periods of time in any film, I can just smell them. He's getting right <laughs> in there. Well, see, the thing about his character is that, you know, he's a cop and, you know, our boys in blue are uh, underappreciated in this uh, country. And uh, so he doesn't make yes. enough money to get another uh, outfit. Yeah, uh, a thing that still gets me is the scene where he says, "Your bag is dripping." And that yeah, what is bag it? Was that it a shark or something? Yeah, no, it, it's it's a bag that's writhing and has blood pouring out of it. <laughs> it was a shark or something. Yeah, and they <laughs> they invite him to look into it, and then he like starts reaching for it, and then they like pull it away or something, and he just doesn't look into it. <laughs> yeah, like fuck, he called fuck? our bluff. I, yeah, even and, if I wasn't a police officer that's literally there to investigate a possible, like, <laughs> murder, like, I would still be deeply concerned about I that. I would, too. It's a little strange. <laughs> yeah, this movie is, is just a lot going on. Like, every <laughs> yeah. scene is just so dense. There's just so much content going on. Like, I can't, say, I can't say that I liked this movie. I I want to watch it again like immediately because I kind of find it fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will say if like, you it's really stilted, stilted and awkward, but like 
I don't know. It's like There's a car something crash. About it. <laughs> I, I will say, if you ever get a chance, watch the original British version with Christopher Lee. That movie I, I is meant to watch. I meant to watch it. That's one of like the um, all time yeah. classic horror movies. It's I really just watched good. it today for the first time. Oh, and once just just as I said earlier with the original like, with the remake is that that's also been a movie that's like been a big like I'm, I'm a huge fan of that movie ever since I was like a teenager. Yeah. I mean, it's it was very good. Which uh, one did you see first? It was I strange. saw the Wicker Man remake first, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I wish there had been more frog sucking uh, in that's true. this one. Hmm. Um, that was weird. Uh, I don't was know. there frog sucking in the? Yeah, yes, yeah. there was. So there uh, it was like a little girl with a sore throat, and they put a fucking frog in her mouth. Yeah, it helps get rid oh, of sore throats that, in like weird, like random Scottish islands in the seventies. Um, I almost just made another Avatar reference. That would have been the second one <laughs> in this podcast. The original Wicker Man also is this extremely weird movie. Uh, so even though the Wicker Man remake has a lot going on, the original also has a shit ton going on too. And I would actually argue that the original Wicker Man, the actual like scenario that leads up to that character getting put in the Wicker Man is even more convoluted than the Wicker Man remake, to be honest. Like yeah. there's so many working parts that have to work that like if anything went wrong, it would have just fell the fuck apart. It's like, yeah. a, it's like, it's like a saw movie, like all the working <laughs> parts that have to happen for every, like every right. fucking plot, like um, moment to happen. And he, of course, doesn't wear a bear outfit. He wears a clown suit. Yeah, wears like a jester outfit or <laughs> something, something weird. Um, oh wow! And but, I believe in that movie, he doesn't commit acts of like he doesn't commit hate crimes against women in that movie. As no, much. that's good. No, yeah. um, which is in weird. a bear you would, costume. You would think the older movie would be the more misogynistic of the two. You would think. You would think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I watched that for the first time today. It was fun, and uh, I have a big hankering to watch the Midsummer Director's Cut tomorrow. Now, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna do that. And I, I will say uh, one my one last thing about the the actual details of the plot in this movie: the scene where Nick Cage like walks up in the bear costume to the woman's like sister, whatever, and then he just like cold cocks her and knocks her the fuck out in the bear <gasps> costume is the probably the funniest one of the funniest moments in film of all time. That's that is a really funny. I don't moment. understand why he immediately took his. He immediately well, I don't know why took, he took the costume off. off. It didn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, but I <clears> guess <throat> since apparently the other the lady who we punched was in on it all along. Mm. Remember, because she was at the end, like she like showed up. So I guess that wouldn't have worked. But I'm just saying, like, why would you immediately take your head off and be like, "I am this person"? Oh yeah, ah, yeah. look, it's me. I think my favorite isolated one of my favorite isolated line deliveries is a uh, step away from yep. the bike. Yep. That's another yeah. one of mine, too. Uh, yeah. Brings I actually put that on my note. Too. I'm surprised I didn't remember that, but that's a good one. It's like, step away from the bike, and then he gets the bike, and he just, like, slowly Pedals jaunts away, away from the bike. On his bike. <laughs> honestly, all the flashbacks of the girl getting hit by the truck are oh, yeah, honestly that almost, hilarious. like, hilarious with, with yeah. comedic timing. And, and also, just, like, the, the whole thing is that, like, they disappear. Like, the mom and the, like, daughter are never found in the car. They mentioned that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Why? What? What relevance was that to the plot at I all? I feel like it's got to be implied that they were there originally. I don't know to like fuck with him somehow or something. And I, I feel like the movie is just trying to like say like that is connected to everything because he says too like they got that letter and there wasn't any um like return. Yeah, it didn't address. have a stamp on it, so it was hand yeah. delivered. You got to think about it. Like that was the whole reason why he was able. He was off of work was because that happened. Yeah, and the little girl looked at him in the most creepy fucking way ever. And his like his uh lady cop friend was also there at the end. So yeah, she was in on it. 
Wait, what? Am I am I wrong? Like the his like friend, his cop friend, that that woman, like yeah. she is there at the end when he is like getting tortured and shit. Oh, wait, are you serious? I didn't notice that shit at I'm all. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. Oh fuck! I'm like ninety percent sure that I mean, she that is sounds, there. That sounds possible. Definitely in keeping with I don't know, know everything that they have executed. Your audience can uh, can fact check me on this. I'm later. If, if that's true, man, Jesus, you know something that in my like five or six plus <laughs> times watching this movie, I didn't fucking notice. Yeah, send I was uh, any angry fairly tweets. inebriated when we watched this, so <laughs> I might be wrong. Let's say send uh, send angry tweets. And I'm sorry, what's your ad again? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> the good Logan is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so send uh, send no. all of our hate mail to to that uh, Twitter. <laughs> to your point, Logan, I, there's something about this movie that also makes I like the, this happened to me the last time too. I just want to rewatch it immediately, mm-hmm. like because I feel yeah. like there's so much going on that I I just want to unpack it again right away. And uh, I mean I. I I don't know if I can say that's like to the director's credit, but uh, I'll probably watch it again tomorrow, too. Why not? What the fuck? What am I doing? <laughs> oh, and uh, there's one more funny line delivery when he's like ran- rum- rummaging through their house. He's like, you need permission. Like, I don't need your goddamn permission. Yeah. Something, like weird thing like that. <laughs> Giving me your he goddamn permission won't bring back your goddamn honey. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is really funny in this movie too towards the end when he's just being like hostile in all conversations he's <laughs> yeah. just being a dick right yeah. off the bat yeah. everything he says there's one scene where like uh, one of the women she's one of the people who works in the tavern there and like is sweeping the floor and she walks into the room and he's just like why you got store bought honey he's just immediately <laughs> oh, like, no, he's talking, to, <laughs> talking to Lily Sabisky that's, that's yeah. that character he's and like he, don't you all make that stuff here <laughs> first thing he says to her not even like a hi or hello <laughs> it's just and he says it in such a hostile way too that I just like start laughing. The fuck is this? <laughs> I can't I don't Yeah, know. no, he's um he's interesting when he's being hostile and then before he gets hostile, he's just really stilted and awkward in a way that's interesting too. It was really interesting because in the original movie, the actor has like a pretty even tone throughout almost the entire movie until the end. Like and then even then he's really not like that. Like he's just more like ex- like confused. Yeah. And yeah, confused uh, and I mean frantic, but not in in such a, a, just a not some dramatic like, way. Yeah, like manic dramatic way. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I can say is I I can't picture anybody but Nicolas Cage in this role. So like, uh, me neither. But that's probably because you know this is one of the iconic ones, and it's been made that way through memes. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's right. hard to separate it at that point. Mm-hmm. I just don't like anybody else who could have been in this movie. It like this movie would have just been like a no one would remember it. Even with all like the funny moments, I don't think any actor could have pulled off these moments like Nick Cage could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I don't trust Logan's judgment on this because he thinks that Tom Cruise should have played Nick Cage in National. Why Treasure. are we bringing this up now? <laughs> <laughs> how, right, how right I am about National Treasure. Damn, that was that, that was a call out. She was, she's been was, sitting on that. I don't appreciate this. We're en- sorry. We're ending our podcast, guys. Like, oh damn, <laughs> I'm making the announcement here. Damn, but the po- our podcast is over. Um, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, uh, yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> when you uh, when you. Tweet the news to your listeners. Just uh, tell them to hop on over to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Pick it back oh. up where you left off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, any anybody else got anything to throw in on this or should I, we move on to like Amazon reviews? What?
Oh, I suppose Dave might have a plot yes. summary for us. Would too. you have a plot summary for us, Dave, please? Yeah, okay. I'm kidding. His eyes became pretty large at this one. Kevin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, yeah. That was uh. That was that was uh. Pretty pretty accurate, I would say. Yeah, uh, I guess very, you could call yeah, it. Do this movie. You could call it hack, but it is a remake. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very derivative. Okay. I I do have some Amazon reviews. I will say that um, while obviously there's so many Amazon reviews for this movie. Literally all of them are people uh, giving it one star because it didn't have the bees ending <laughs> or people saying it's not as good as the original or they like this better than the original and then either elaborating too much or not at all. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> I, I, I just sounds like of, a perfect Amazon review section. I just uh, I kind of cherry picked a few. So let's get to it. Hey, uh, freaking here's for the hat trick. We got another uh, all caps review for you. <laughs> uh, Vanessa writes, good movie. Actually, there's a couple letters that are underlined. So it kind of looks like it's written uh, in the style of that SpongeBob meme. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Vanessa writes great movie wonderful cast of actors trippy keeps you on edge love the idea of digital library won't ever scratch on or get misplaced Um, so this is more of a review for digital media uh, as a concept I'm watching um, I'm watching Twin Peaks right now Oh. And these um, all caps reviews, I'm just re- I'm just imagining them as uh, David Lynch's character reading them. Yes, Gordon oh. Cole. Hell yeah, with the, hear- with the hearing aids. Wild at Heart now streaming on something. Uh, Christine Purd uh, writes for Cage fans only. Uh, so let's get to the gatekeeping, motherfuckers. <laughs> Those of us who are bona fide fans of Mr. Cage will never be disappointed in his performances. He's delightfully quirky, smooth, cool, cagey. Person is just simply wrong because I am disappointed in Cage a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about the script, baby. Who needs it? We just love him regardless. Um, and that was probably written by one of us. I don't know. <laughs> How many stars was that? Uh, that's a five star, baby. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I will. Uh, uh, to Ashley's point. Yes. I'm very disappointed, in Nicolas Cage. Uh, a lot. If, so. For instance, the entire first round of this bracket when we went through the low seated movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like... saying, like you're not a real Nicolas Cage fan unless you are disappointed in him sometimes. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Or <laughs> most of the time. Are there ever any like three star reviews where people give like measured critiques to the film? Not really. <laughs> always just one or five. The, so there are some uh, in betweeners, but that's kind of uh, where a lot of the people who are just like uh, mad that it got taken off of Prime will review it. So like, I like this movie, but Amazon has wronged me, and so three stars. Yeah, take that, Amazon. Yeah, uh, I mean, as uh, in in. All scenarios, the Amazon centrists are just so boring. Um, <laughs> I have a review from Lamangelo Spank. 
Uh, 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 I love his writing. (laughs) uh, Will Hollywood ever wise up from the movie, plot, location, music, and actors? This movie is toilet paper compared to the original. Get the 1973 show. You will be glad you did. And let Hollywood, foul, lang, and porn are no replacement for well done. Um, Is the original movie a bidet? (laughs) It might have been. Now, well, I do want to say something about... So... Nice. The... This... Uh, this user, uh, Lamangelo Spank, calls this movie porn uh, in comparison to the original, which has like gyrating tons, naked 30 women. times more tons nudity. nudity. Like, yeah. Like, there's literally, yeah, there's literally the a scene where a woman pounds on the door heavily breathing while like grinding up against the door completely butt ass naked. Yeah. So if uh, either of the movies discuss. Okay, so your... I need to see. I need to see. Check the out this one. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene lasts like five plus fucking minutes. Seriously. It, yeah. It's a long <laughs> scene. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, so if either of those movies are porn, it's certainly the original, but go <laughs> and, and, off. And a man is on the other side of the wall, and he's like a, well, not just, I won't spoil the plot, but he's very, very, like, aware of what's going on, and he's trying not to jack off. Yes. And can can we, can you repeat that last sentence? It said, like, see the original and let Hollywood porn, oh, yeah. so, not film. <laughs> what? Okay, the, the, this, the last sentence is very hard to read because uh, towards the end there... Uh, following the word Hollywood, uh, every other word either has a comma or a period after it. Uh, um, and so, okay, it's they, they say, get the 1973 show, you will be glad you did, and let Hollywood, foul, lang, and porn are no replacement for well done. So it's <laughs> and let Hollywood foul lang. He and only porn. he only dislikes Hollywood porn. Yes, yes, regular porn. Got it. Great. Yeah, if it's made in Orange County, he puts he's fine the with vintage it. category on on porn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's two stars, so they didn't uh, hate it too much. Well, they want to be reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a review from Speedo, uh, who says <laughs> terrible. We rented this because my wife and I have liked N-Cage in a number of movies. This was terrible. Should be subtitled, Let's All Go to the Human Sacrifice. (laughs) Bold observation, Speedo. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was like, I thought that was going to be more clever than it was, but that was so fucking stupid. That's actually really funny. (laughs) Can you say it all over again? Yeah. But like, yeah, say it all over again. We rented this because my wife and I have liked N-Cage in a number of movies. This was terrible. Should be subtitled, Let's All Go to the Human Sacrifice. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you said N-Cage, and I'm like, uh, didn't Nokia make a video game console out of that at one point? They did. Sing that to... Uh, or when you don't have enough time to, to say Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like the idea of uh, criticizing a movie uh, by just describing it in one short blurb. Yeah. <laughs> I hated Face Off. They should have called it, hey, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta switch bodies over here. <laughs> like, okay. I would have been down for that. Uh, I have a review from uh, Conrad Cook who writes, spoiler alert. Really, it stretches the meaning of the word spoiler to say there's a plot spoiler following, but with that said... 
plot spoiler. <laughs> okay. Watch this movie if you want to see a man tortured and killed for being male. Mm. <laughs> All through the movie, it seems that the matriarchal islanders are evil and have the upper hand. And at the end, you su- you find, surprise, they are evil and do have the upper hand. A snuff film, possibly intended as a masturbatory aid for sufficiently self-loathing males. <laughs> Conrad. Ba- 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 I, thing, I myself though. am a meninist. So and, and to I- be fair, yeah. Exactly. I am. Uh, I really a, agree with it. I'm a beta male, which is why I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, a beta, yeah, beta I mean, cuck. So I um, really support I really support the message that this uh, reviewer is trying to convey. Yeah, this movie got to me so much. I went and I, I trans my gender. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw this movie and was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Men, they're trash. Can't do it. No. Yeah. But let me tell you something. It's hard being a man in this country. <laughs> you know the thing, men, they don't get no respect Brother, around tell here. Me let about me it. tell you. Hell yeah. They freaking they're trying to send us off to an island to freaking find a kid and they burn us. Well, you know what? I deserve maternity leave too. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? That's the thing. All my... right. So, Jess, we're going to cut out their tongues now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'll break their legs. And the do you heck? have any beef yeah. on hand? What the heck's going on here? Um, you know, actually, I do. Oh, okay. But um, I can't use them in that in that manner. And you know oh, what I, I will say, too? Like, in real life, like, my bitch ex-wife took my kid <laughs> and took her to an island. So now I don't get any, I don't get any weekend visits with them anymore. So this movie, this movie's really misandrist, okay? I'm so sorry that happened to you. If we can be serious for a second, I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's, it's, it's real tragic, man. Real tragic. <laughs> Uh, I had to listen to Stained the entire ride to the divorce court. I'm on the outside of the of the d- divorce court, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Jess is dying over a guy. Just the idea of a guy listening to Stained on his way to the divorce court. That's literally <laughs> happened. That's I, I'm literally imagining happened. a guy like two inches from his steering wheel, like leaning in, but like crying. Yeah. His, his mascara like, is running down his face. Getting divorced would be great because you'd freaking never have to put down the toilet seat again. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> there's this uh there's this podcaster I like, and he made uh he, he posted a tweet that said like divorce court parking lot, like on like a Spotify playlist. And it's just like stained puddle of mud. <laughs> she fucking hates me. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I have, I have one last review, um, and uh, I'm just, uh, just uh, before, before I read this review, I'm just gonna give you a disclaimer that I will be uh, replacing uh, an ableist slur uh, with the word, um, let's say, silly. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Benjamin Kroll writes, uh, Feminist Island starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Uh, oh, no. Jess this. is trying not to die. We, oh, we got no. this. Uh, and Benjamin writes, um, <clears throat> I made the mistake of renting this movie because I was in the mood for an up-to-date horror movie. This was the opposite. I wouldn't even consider this a horror movie. Bizarre, yes, but not scary whatsoever. 
I did follow the storyline. It wasn't one of those that just confuses you and leaves you completely bewildered. There were some funny parts towards the end, though. Not intentionally, but hilarious regardless. This guy loves Fight Club, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I was going to say, this seems like a person who would like really stand the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Until they found out that the Babadook was a trans icon. Yeah. <laughs> um, this won't spoil it for you. Believe me, if you're going to watch this movie, you've already spoiled it for yourself. But the two best parts are... At the end when he is being closed in by all the islanders and he has gun drawn and off to the side. Off to the side. <laughs> Do you screen these before, um, before you read them? Yeah, I've, I've read it, but not out loud. Um <laughs> Uh, off to the side are two straight up <laughs> silly looking bitches. No. <laughs> Who start moving in closer to him and he aims at them and yells, Back up! Ha ha, he regulated on them. <laughs> 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 so silly looking bitches. <laughs> he yells back up. He regulated them. Why can I not stop laughing? I'm literally crying laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Almost done. <laughs> Right. I can't believe it's not over yet. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh god. Okay. I promised I would get to this 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 place today, but here the fuck we are. Another oh, classic shit. part. I was using my computer and had my had my head down for um I'd say about three to five minutes. So I look up and I see Nicolas Cage wearing a grizzly bear costume <laughs> with a hole cut out where his face was. <laughs> Oh, it's a black bear, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so... a black that's, that's, Yeah. I thought to myself, I really must have missed something <laughs> when I wasn't watching for five straight minutes. <laughs> ha, ha, really? ha. Ha, ha, ha. But it gets even better because he ran up on I'm sorry. This is okay. tough to read. Okay. He, uh, it gets even better because he ran up on this lady and hit her with a cold right hook. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> that was the best part. He launched a slap a hoe. <laughs> he, he launched a. <laughs> A slap a hoe marathon up in there. <laughs> Classic. Oh, oh God, that was hard to read. <sighs> wait, is there oh, any wait, more? Wait, wait, wait. Did they actually say slap a hoe marathon, or yeah, did you uh, make yeah, that he up? Yeah, no, he said it gets even better because he ran up on this lady and hit her with a cold right hook. Ha ha! That was the best part. He launched a slap a hoe marathon up in there. Classic. <laughs> he turned down. 
Okay, I had to poke fun at those two points. Had to be done. But in all seriousness, I did not like this movie at all. The idea of a for a second. The idea of a desolate island with a population living in a completely different fashion, luring in an innocent man to use as a sacrifice to their god, seemed pretty cool. Given the right director, this movie or idea could have had some great potential. I was shocked slash sad at the end, though, because Cage was the main character, you know? I mean, he made it through Con Air Alive, but in an island full of old white feminists killed him. <laughs> and, and that was the end. Oh, God. I was just saying to myself, he's going to break out and unleash hell. But yeah, that didn't happen. I apologize, whereas I would consider this more of a personal rant than a review, but I felt the need to inform whoever it may concern. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you probably agree with it all. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Oh, uh, okay, God. so how many stars was that? One star. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> that was the hardest review I've ever had. To that read. was okay. So I that, was literally dying at the ha ha. No, he regulated. I, <laughs> yes, that that part killed me. Um, so Benjamin Kroll, uh, this is a formal invitation to come on the podcast uh, and talk oh, about whatever. Shit. Really, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it needs to be your uh, your review correspondent. Oh my god, that rocked. Well, <laughs> this review was written 11 years ago, so he's probably uh, he like probably a Republican died. senator now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. yeah. Oh my god. Um, oh. So that's all the reviews You know, he, he is one of those brave patriots that did try to stop this deal. <laughs> yeah. It was written by Matt Gates or, <laughs> or Ben Sass. <laughs> or Josh Hawley, who the <sighs> Um, oh, Jesus, that was wild. So, Wicker Man, five stars. Yeah. So, close. okay. Uh, should we get to the vote? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess now we're at the vote. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. So, uh, I don't know how much of our podcast you two have heard, but generally for the vote, we kind of count down three, two, one, and then uh, all say what we voted for at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know how on your podcast you do it the smart way where everybody goes one at a time? Yeah. Uh, um. We used to do it this way, by oh, the way. Okay. Oh, okay, good. So, but, yeah. but there is just two of us, so it's, um, you know. It does make it a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well we love talking over each other, as you probably figured out. How do you break uh, up ties, yeah. though, if it's just the two of you? We have a whole rating system. Uh, okay, fair enough. If, yeah, it, like if it comes to that, like yeah. Rating okay. system. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to do it. In, well, ne never mind. We have to lock it in before the episode starts, and it's really fucking annoying, because it's the reason why Moonstruck lost. Oh, oh, oh shit. Yeah, Moonstruck should have lost on ours too, but it didn't. I agree. Um, I agree with that. Uh, total bullshit. No. <laughs> yeah. It was going up against G4, so yeah, it should yeah. have lost. I'm sorry. God, G I love Force, what, a, what a pinnacle. What, what a it is a pinnacle of filmmaking. American icon. And it will save the world. Well, yeah, so I guess, uh, Dave, could you give us a countdown so we could uh, get to this vote? What? Uh, could you do the countdown for us? Do, do the fucking countdown. Yeah, Dave, we ask you nicely every episode. Please just do this do for it, us just do it. once, dude. Just please. No. All right, fine. Fuck it, fine. Oh, fuck, fine. Continue the tradition, I guess. All right. Hey, I give you a countdown of no's, okay? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, Three, no. two, no. one. No. Face Wicker off. Man. Face off. Uh, face uh, off. Wait. Okay, so how many face offs? 
I think everyone except you. Yes. <laughs> and listen, I will die defending this fucking movie. Because Wicker Man, once again, top five Nick Cage movie for me, and the meme potential. Definitely had the best slap a hoe marathon. <laughs> and you're those, looking and for it, a good it, slap a It had the marathon. best amount of silly looking bitches regulating some hoes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, um, yes. If you want the uncensored version of that review... Um, um, figure it out. And I will be the lone dissenter <laughs> on this episode for Wicker Man, and that's fine. I will forever support Wicker Man no matter what movie it goes up against. So it's kind of good that it died this episode. Because <laughs> um, this movie would have went to the end. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, Wicker Man is a pretty damn funny and entertaining movie. I'll give it that. I will say the objectively better film is Face Off, but <laughs> Wicker Man is far more enjoyable for me. To face Off is just... Yeah. That that's that's a fucking classic. It's, it's just so it's hard. It's hard to beat. Big. It's hard to beat. It really is. Yeah, like the peak of Nick Cage's like like action film era. Whereas mm-hmm. Wicker Man yeah, is the, the only peak movie of that I've everything. seen of Nicolas Cage's that I like more than Face Off is probably Wild at Heart we or Birdie. We haven't watched that one yet. But yeah, Face Off is just too much of a bona fide <laughs> fucking classic. I'm so happy that I've finally seen it. And yes. uh, coming into this podcast, I said my favorite Nicolas Cage movie was Con Air. And I'm really excited to watch Con Air again now that I have seen Face Off to to kind of see where it stacks up. So, yeah, for sure. I actually haven't seen Con Air, but I had seen Face Off previously. So I'm excited to see how Con Air stacks. I, I had seen team. neither of them. Inside joke, but they should have called it Con Hair. You won't figure that one out, but... Um, in in Con Air, also, um, it's another it's another movie where somebody almost gets raped, and uh, Nicolas Cage's character, well, I guess not really Nicolas Cage's character in that one, but prevents it. So yeah, nice. good to see him preventing a sexual assault rather than committing it like he did in Zandali a million Zandali. times. Yes. You think he's just trying to repent for that movie in every movie he does, like stops rapes in. But uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for y'all today. <laughs> Join us next time when we will be discussing. Hold on here. I Insert. definitely should have brought this up beforehand. Yeah, we have it already on. Next time we'll be discussing, uh, and this is not uh, the trust st- versus guarding Tess. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I've it should be guarding both of those. Should be guarding Jess because you're you're an angel. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Guarding Jess. <laughs> That's what this podcast should have been called. <laughs> we can make a segment about it. I don't know. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't need to be guarded, though. I'll kick y'all's asses. <laughs> I'll, I'll protect you from all those married men in your DMs. You know, you're, you're going to run a slap a whole marathon on anyone who tries to step up. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, guys, so much for coming on. It was a real blast. Yes. Um, thank you so much for having us. Oh, and, and I will say, Jess, oh, before thank you do you for anything, having us as well. You, you want to plug the Patreon? Oh, I was going to ask our guests if they have anything they want to plug, actually. Yeah. Oh, which probably well, also um, their podcast. But <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, you can find us. Just search uh, Cage Off, a Nicolas Cage podcast. Just call it Cage Off for short. But you can follow us um, on Twitter at Cage Off Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at The Good Logan. You can follow Ashley at Generally Done. Um, and thank you guys so much for having us. This was so much fun. Oh, well, I was going to also, um, I was also going to yes. plug, um, you can also find me, um, and my other podcast partner, uh, at behind the tofu podcast. Actually, it's just behind the tofu on Twitter. Um, and you can find us at behind the tofu.com. Um, and that's it for that as well. Hell yeah. Check out cage off and behind the tofu. Um, and I will say if you, uh, 
don't don't listen to the other cage off. If you hear a British or a Swedish guy at any point, turn it off. You got the wrong fucking one. <laughs> yes. Um, because Taylor you and said I it, not me. Uh, did make that mistake. Yeah. See, we can say it. You uh, ethically probably shouldn't, yeah. but and, I will and, say and, that their and, podcast is trash. And frankly, somebody who is part ethnically Swedish. Man, fuck those Swedish meatballs. I don't want to listen to their shit podcast, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I got an Ikea couch, and let me tell you something. I'm a real bitch to put it together. So, yeah. Uh, oh, all yeah. right. Hey, look, I'm being neutral in World War II over here. That's what every Swede sounds like. Um, and, yeah, we are what I – I always – I mix up the two. Cage Fight Pod on Twitter, Cage Fight Podcast on, on Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com slash Cage Fight Podcast. We don't really plug our own Twitters much, which no. maybe oh, I don't yeah. know. Should you can we follow me on Twitter if you would like to? It's Infinite Jess, Jess with four S's because some more taken. I am uh, at Darth Mike D, uh, which is like me, but if I had a freaking lightsaber, uh, I hate That's it. So epic, yes. and you can, and you know what? Because I'm going to dox so myself too, bad. and I technically do have a Twitter account. You can follow me, Reluctant Imposter at Carlos Chantor. Hell yeah. It's no Darth Mike D, but uh, <laughs> it'll do. I think my Twitter's doo-doo child slight return, but I've never used it. <laughs> Check that out. I know I will because. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then that does it. And uh, join us next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.